wiser fellow than myself once said, sometimes you eat the bar, and sometimes the bar will eat you. Yeah, let's cut to the chase, okay? What are you guys selling? If you're drowning and I throw you a life jacket, would you grab it? Yes, good. Pick up 200 shares. I won't let you down. Pay him. Pay that man his money. Ask him how they'd like to see 30, 40% returns. What are they going to say? No? I don't want to see those returns? Where's the money, Lebowski? You're going to make a lot of money, right? Be aggressive. Learn how to push. Show him a 3% return. I'll trust you to watch his kids for the weekend. I'm a big fan of money. Move around. Motion creates emotion. I did not know that. That's it. I'm done. Lone Wolf X, Stacks and Jacks. I'm Tim O. Matt Byrne on the board. SP Futures down three and a quarter. NASA Futures down seven. So we're down a little bit for a big update on Friday. So uh, just so as a way of review, in case everybody forgets, Friday after all the football, that was up 330. S&P up 73. NASDAQ up 288. So the Dow was, in, was down on the year on Thursday. It's not down on the year anymore. So so today we're kind of flat. We'll see how this, how this plays out. Uh, we got earnings... All kinds of earnings this week. Hopefully, I'll get a couple of earnings plays for my clients. We'll see. Uh, we got Johnson and Johnson on Tuesday, yeah. Tesla on Wednesday. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> Tesla might be a little, little above the pay grade of one of my guys. Most of my guys. I mean, it's we, we look right now. What the hell? What is? What do you suppose the straddle is? Uh, straddle. Stocks. Well, stocks down to one thirty-six. Uh, I'm going to say that the straddle on on Friday it closed at. So that would be the. I don't even have that strike here because I haven't done any Tesla in so long. Well, let me throw it up here just just for laughs. Uh, well, I'd imagine the vol's around fifty, right? Uh, well, I can't really get the vol. The vol now, but the, the straddle is roughly thirteen bucks, so ten percent. That's a lot. <coughs> that's, that's a pretty good straddle. So 10%. they're thinking it's going to move ten bucks. Uh, thirteen bucks. Well, uh, I'll go with ten. Well, you know that's <laughs> a, that, that's somewhat interesting, my friend, because. Uh, I've been doing these earnings plays for a while, and, and most of the time, even though you, you clunk on some, I mean, it seems like most years you can, uh, <laughs> you know, you do okay on them. But uh, last six months, not so. Uh, I'm kind of getting annihilated on them, for lack of a better term. Uh, That's why you got to <coughs> leg into them, Chief. <laughs> that, that always works. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I'm saying what I try and do is, for whatever reason, this is maybe a little well. Tactical. I guess GE's on Tuesday if you want to do that. That's well, that was more our, our pay. But what happens is is there, the straddle be thirteen bucks, right? So then, but now this, this that would be the thirty six straddle. So the, what I look at is the thirty six time spread calendar, whatever you want to call it, this week, next week. And if that price is um, less than one tenth uh, of the straddle, so they're kind of mispriced because they should sort of be. You're talking about the one month, yeah, straddle. Well, yeah. one week, one. Well, the, yeah, no, the one this week. Oh, just the week, well, yeah, straight, the week not even straight. the month. No, oh, we're talking man. about what they expect you, the thing to do the next day. Degenerates, yeah, degenerate gamblers, you are. Well, <laughs> so sometimes you can get that the time spread for less than a tenth the cost of the straddle, which really shouldn't be, or it's it's rare. So you're buying before earnings place. No, you you buy next week's, and you sell this week. Which which is a, a spread that per- essentially performs the same way uh, time decay coming towards you as selling the straddle, except you're not naked short anything. Right. So you know just what you can except lose. Except for that time. Well, you know, if you pay a buck for it, most you can lose is a buck. In the immortal words of uh, Kenny Kelly, <coughs> a trader who used to be standing in front of me in the OEX pit, 
It's one of those spreads, you know, just what you can lose and always lose it. <laughs> <laughs> well, what what <laughs> happened to the traditional third Friday? Uh, what's oh it's no, January, that's, that's, right? that's been long gone. You're, you're talking about it's been long gone. Well, oh, yeah. if it were me, you know, February what is it, seventeenth? Actually, that's the expiration. You know, you were you're uh, wrong over there. It's the Friday before the third Saturday. The Saturday was actually expiration day. Wasn't it last week? And now it's going to be the seventeenth. Yeah, but it's a, it's the Friday before the last uh, <coughs> before the third Saturday. Before the third Saturday. Yeah. Isn't that most? Well, I guess if you're on a, a f- if you're on a Sunday. Well, you're in the Greek you calendar. The you're in a Greek calendar. Isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> wow, I, I didn't know I didn't know we were going to talk weeklies this morning. Well, I mean, but so I'm saying that's now now the weeklies. Well, you know they have dailies now in the SPY and the QQQ. Yeah, good luck with those. Well, you know sometimes. <laughs> Uh, Just give me my traditional expiration. Yeah, but, but well, you see now if you're it, with with our protected index program, when you buy, uh, I'm just talking about making money. I'm not talking about protecting money. Well, my point is, is the the theory behind the protected index program that we've been running for God knows how long, uh, and didn't run for a while, but now we're running again for a lot of people, and actually had a pretty good year doing it last year. Uh, the idea is to buy longer-term put protection and sell nearer-term calls against the position to pay for the puts. Right. The theory being is, is when you when you go out to buy, little Matt, you can learn something here. All right. When you go out and buy your, your car insurance and they send you the bill, they'll say, okay, for the <coughs> for the year it's 800 bucks, for six months it's 400 bucks, or, or roughly. might be 410 because they got to send you another bill or something. I'll grab a little bit of piece here behind. But basically, your insurance declines linearly. But options, they do not decline linearly. They, they, they decline with the square root of time. So if you can buy insurance longer term and sell insurance and sell calls shorter, in theory, if it stays in the middle, you will more than pay for the put insurance, in theory. Yeah. So when you have, if you start doing weeklies instead of monthlies, you can accelerate that process. Mm. So your weeklies are obviously going to decline more rapidly on a percentage basis than your monthlies, right, Greg? Yeah, that so, would be. Or now it's now it's down to da- well, now it's down to dailies. <laughs> you know, so if you really want to get crazy, you can start selling stuff like every couple days. You know, That's anyway, more than my attention span. Uh, yeah. Anyway, the the story with the with the the earnings plays is um, for you know however long I've been in the business. If you had the stones and if you had the money, if you always let's put it this way, options I think are always priced. Prop, not always, but most of the time are priced properly. Uh, you know, it doesn't mean that the pricing is correct, but they're, they're priced, you know, based on... They're the priced at 67% of the time. They'll yeah. be within that <laughs> certain right. range. But, but I, th- I think you, you get a little bit of a... Never a, works You out. get a little bit of a push towards, since most people can't be short premium, I mean, sh- naked short uh, units, I mean, any, anybody in a yeah, IRA or anything like that, you can't be short stuff. Okay? Well, everybody's naked short. They're well, naked short puts. They're long a whole bunch of stock. Well, they don't know that. <laughs> they don't know that. But uh, well, <laughs> it's risk. They, I don't know. It's yeah, but it, it, you know what? There's or minus the dividend. Excuse well, me. So if you're all receiving, right, you're, you're, yeah. you're, you're 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 questioning like a retail trader. <laughs> when I used to lecture a lot, I would say to a, a crowd of, of you know investors, would would be experts, I'd say for most people, what is the safest option trade to make? And virtually everybody would say a covered right. Correct? That's not terrible. I mean, All right, well, I'm, I'm at least you're lowering your 
cost basis. All right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to ask you, then I would say, what's what's the riskiest position to have? Inevitab- short calls. Inevitably, people would say a short put. Short this, call. Well, they would. I'm just saying what they would say, because after the 87 crash, everybody annihilated on short puts, right? Yeah, but you can only go to zero. But, but you know, if a stock's 400, zero's a long way. Like most stocks, I mean, wow. Well, if you're short, what was it, Daimler? And then it goes like times seven or whatever. Well, I, I, you and I know that actually it's the calls. Yeah. But I'm saying for retail people, it's 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 generally the put. Okay, because when when I started the well, bin, then they're not true degenerates. Well, I'm saying if if you were if you were short the Amazon, you know, two fifty calls or puts, and now things ninety seven, that's going to leave a mark. Yeah. I mean, most most of these big, the, anyway. So, but the fact is, it's the exact same position. Those guys, uh, in what was it, Melvin Capital last year, a couple of years ago, when they squeezed all those meme stocks, yeah, they found out real. <laughs> real well, quick. you know, in, in theory, yes, a, a, the call is is more risky because it can go anywhere. The put can only go to it's zero. Unlimited risk versus. But if you're talking zero. about a stock that's three hundred, it's pretty unlimited, right? No, it's limited <laughs> to three hundred. Well, okay. <laughs> But I'm saying you're not going to go debit in your account. All right. Well, when 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 Tesla, for instance, I mean, I'm going to kick that one up here. When, when Tesla was uh, 400, I, I'm, I'm going to yeah. You can only lose 400 dollars. Yeah. Okay. If it I, goes to 1,200, you, you got problems. Well, let's put it this way: at 400, I would have made the bet that it had a better chance to go to 100 than 800. I don't think you're alone on that one. Yeah. Well, so I mean, there's but the point being is that uh, I think for a long period of time. If you would have done a hundred earnings plays, you probably would have wanted to have sold the straddles. Now I don't have the stones for that or the cash, neither do my my, my clients. But that's why the, you got to use margin. Well, Chief. but on. this last year, <laughs> I think the people who are long the straddle made all the money because we've had some huge because moves we, in earnings. We've uh, gone in that uh, zone where it's outside the standard pricing. So Without the standard a doubt. deviation is 67%. Once you start going beyond that, what was it today, $13 in the straddle or so? Yeah. That's that's into the... That's uh, 10%. That's a long way. That's into the... Well, it's 10% on each side, so that's into... 20%. No, it's 10% total. 13 bucks and it's 130 So it's a move of, of one way or the other. 13. One way or the other, 13 So yeah. it's the, that's the 10 deltas is what you're saying? Yeah. yeah. yeah what, so what I'm saying is I've, I've, I've done... Some of these where the straddle was ten bucks, and I did the spread for like sixty cents, figuring I'm a clever, clever character. And things moved like forty. <laughs> it's right. like, well, how much did Disney move? All these things have had these massive moves. You're into the unknown. Uh, yeah, outside the first standard deviation, you're, you're all into, bets are off. You're into that was what, what's mathematics again, Mr. Einstein? <laughs> what are you talking? You guys predicted ten, and it's thirty-five plus. But that's okay because there we're only talking about and. I, speak on behalf of the market maker we're only talking about 67 percent of the time we're going to be inside that you know uh the other standard deviations you know you're on your own don't be too short because it yeah, can you, go, you can't there's no such as, there's no such thing as a is a you're 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 going mr math on me here standard deviation th- those all those theories God, i used to study this crap all those theories are uh what what is when you talk about your option pricing model I mean, what is the theory? The theory is that you have a <coughs> you have a steady flow of information, correct? Well, the theory is it stays within with with but a not standard deviation sixty seven percent of the time on, on a normal day sixty eight. But a, an earnings an earnings is not a normal day. It's not a 
I mean, the fact is, the, the news affecting stocks. Yeah, but that's priced into the the straddle. No, it's so, not. Yeah, it is. Not the 67% part. Well, when you go to the, uh, as you approach that date, everybody knows that there's. Well, that's right. That there's, so they, they incorporate that expanded well, your, volatility. Your, your, your volatility of, of, say, IBM over a long period of time is, say, I'll pick a number, 20. Your implied volatility and been probably the volatility of the stock over, t- but on earnings <coughs> day, it's not 20. <coughs> it's probably going to be 70. Because that day is, is the one day of the quarter that you're going to have a move. Unless, you know, the Fed does something or whatever. So, yeah, it, for, for, for the mathematician, they'll say, okay, on a certain day, it, it's priced as a 67% of the time it's going to be inside of a 70 vol. But the stock's not 70. It's normally 20. So you kind of blow the math out. You're, you're, you're trying to back into the math is what I'm saying. I don't know. <laughs> well, I think most of the people on the floor would be thinking of it like this. It's just what's the vol, but okay. What I'm what I'm saying is it's it's like a, but the vol comes because one what which comes first, the chicken or the egg? I mean, if you were to say I've got a I've got a a, a biotech stock that normally trades a thirty five vol, which means it straddles six bucks, and all of a sudden there's a day where everybody knows their their big big drug is either going to quadruple the price of the thing or it's going to be zero. I don't think you can look yeah, at the, the map. The straddle would probably be like 20. Uh, it'd probably be way more than that. But I'm saying in that particular day, it's it's like a gamble. It's 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 of a, course. It's almost like a binary event. So, yeah. you know, you can't... And, and it's today hard to price. Tesla, or what, for the next few days, yeah. they're going to be increasing the vol because they don't want to take eh, that it's, risk. It's, well, it's a couple of days from now. It's probably going to stay right there. I don't think it's going to get much more than 10%. Still, that's a lot. Just remember, 10% when it was 400 would be a $40 move. That's a lot. Yeah, it's... Uh, decent amount but you can you can back into exactly what what they think it's going to move i would say it's about you know 80 percent of whatever the straddle value is but that's, hey so that's only 70 percent of the time i almost called you yesterday guess what i'm turning into unfortunately um the grinch remember the crat- crotchety old guy on uh 60 minutes andy rooney yeah we just like observe stuff and says you know i can't believe this is this is actually happening so yesterday, I, I go into the, my, my, my run on Sunday morning, I go into the Myers. I got this guy, there's a, there's a few people that I talk to. It's like, uh, I'm like cub reporter for, for Stacks and Jacks, right? Nice. That's how I, how I figure out what's going on with the rest of the world. And uh, first I talk to the guy in the, in the gas place and uh, where I get coffee. And uh, here's a guy who's kind of struggled a little bit. Not real nice guy. And he, uh, but, you know, this is the phenomenon. When, when people who, uh, uh, the CNBC or anybody else, let's put it this way, the haves, when the haves talk about the have-nots, it, why, does it, why does it make the hair turn on the back, oh, go up on the back of my neck? You know, it's like me talking about how, you know, how people who live at Mar-a-Lago live, how they spend their day. I have no idea how they spend their day. I've, I've never been in that class of people where I go, gee, should I get a massage or should I play golf? You know, I mean, I, when I just... Where, where should I play golf? Should I take my plane to go play? I mean, I've never been one of those kind of guys, so I can't even really comment on what they do, right? If they uh, feel like they can comment on what regular people do, which is kind of uh, weird. Just saying. You mean still no Davos? No. Uh, no. Okay. Why weren't you there? I, I don't know. Yeah. I heard the music was really good. <laughs> I bet the martinis are really <laughs> good for 50 bucks. Or there, was, there was a contingent of people on Twitter who were making fun of, I don't know, I think it was a guitar singing duo. Um... <laughs> and I watched about ten seconds of it, and they were right. I actually read once, you know, hey Matt, why don't you 
you're good at this. Yeah. I actually found out how much it costs to go to that. If you want to like a lifetime ticket to go to these things, it's it's like many many thousands it's of dollars. Two hundred and forty thousand this year, I think. Really? So it costs. Oh god. Anyway, so uh, these are the guys that, that, that you know. Anyway, these people will say, "Look at these jobs out there. If you got a job, you know, quit your bitching." Basically, I don't. This in in, in when I was younger, you never had. <coughs> I mean, you, I say this all the time. If somebody was making ten bucks an hour. You could say the guy's making four hundred a week, guy or lady, right? Well, that's, that's not the that's not the way it is anymore, right? You know this. Yeah, they're going to the say hours will come down as the business disappears. Yeah, they'll say, oh, on a Thursday, I won't come in tomorrow or something. I don't know how that how that pays the rent necessarily. So one of the guys gives me that whole story. So I go into the Myers, and every week this one, I go to the same cashier, and he was telling me how he, you know, he's he's up there. So he's when I say he's up there, he's over retirement age, but he still likes to work. So he's working at the Myers. He used to be in the in the hotel business. So one of his buddies says, hey, there's a hotel downtown. After COVID, they're ramping up a little bit. And he was, he used to uh, order stuff and do the supply stuff for people, making sure they had enough towels and all that stuff. And uh, there's a job open down here. So he <laughs> comes down and goes through the whole routine, blah, blah, blah. Now, Myers, he doesn't really like that much, but they you know, they pay, I guess, okay for that. And, and you get a discount, right? Well, I guess. I don't know. So, so he's right by home. Well, the, these guys, they go through the whole routine. He has like four interviews, comes downtown like four times, and they go, We'll pay you like two bucks an hour more than we're, they're paying you at Myers. And he's going, you're going to do what? Yeah, <laughs> i got to get on the train every day. And when he gets down here, he's got to take the, the bus <laughs> to, the, to the hotel. It's out of near north. And he's like, you gotta be, you got to be bleeping me. <laughs> it didn't, it didn't even cover the... Anyway, so he says he's always had me to get this M perks, right? Which I guess is their discount. Now, every week I put him off. So finally he's got like his supervisor or somebody there with him and... He goes, yeah, how come you don't get M-Perks? I said, well, he hasn't sold it to me correctly. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm giving the guy some brief. I go, that's all right. How do I go get him? And he goes, well, you just go over to the counter. Take you two seconds. So I head over there. This is early in the morning. There's two people standing there, two ladies. And uh, they go, oh, can we help you? And I say, yeah, I'd like to sign up for the M-Perks. Yeah, got to do that online. They're too friggin' lazy to put my name in the computer. Uh, Unbelievable. Uh, I said, you got to be kidding me. And they're, they're doing absolutely nothing. Well, they were probably discussing their, their probably day. Their, 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 their weekend, <laughs> and probably talking about their boyfriends. God knows what. but the uh, Or their husbands, and I'm sure it wasn't anything good anyway. but So I'm like, how can I? They were watching Noah and Gil. I looked up that, that uh, Davos uh, music yeah. performance about the Red Sea corals. Uh. So I walked by the dude, and he, he goes, did you sign up? And I go, no. And he said to do it online. He starts shaking his head. He goes, I can't believe it. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm still not signed up. Just, just saying. So what are you... Well, you're probably missing out on some perks then. Well, it's a, it's a dime off on gas, they tell me. So, of course, I don't know if you got to use their credit card, which I don't want to do. I love doing it at Mariano's. I try to yeah. save, uh, what, 17 to 25% every time I go there. Oh, yeah. I get the little Mariano's thingy. But there's no Mariano's near me, so... Well, actually, there is. I don't go there, but... Uh, anywho. So what we've got... What's happening over in the, in the futures world? We've got gold on a run. What do you... Uh, well, are we in recession or are we not? I need to figure out. Well, who's we? <laughs> well, we're all in this together, right? No, no. no Except no. for the Davos people. I'm going to say that 1% of the people are, the top 10% of the 1% are in the best thing they've ever had in the last few years. And I'm going to say that 85% of the people have been in recession for at least five years. Yeah, so if we're in, we're in recession and inflation is still up, then, the then price we're in trouble. The price level is still up. Right. Well, you explain to me. But you got all the math these days, and sure, uh, <laughs> when you when you inflation, when your price of a car goes from thirty to forty five, and then drops down to forty four five, where are you? 
Uh, how fast is it going? What's the rate of change? Well, it, it went up so fast over the last three years, and now we've steadied out, and we've actually come down a little bit. Now, there's really, in my estimation, my math, we don't really have any inflation, but we got a price level we can't deal with. It's a difference. Yeah. The, the in inflation has gone away in commodities, that's for sure. We're yeah. already back to uh, pre-invasion prices, and I think natural gas led the way. Yeah. It got demolished. But in terms of debt and such, we're as high as we've been. Ever. I want to say, yeah. yeah, ever, because what was it, 31, 31 trillion? I think we got more debt now on a percentage basis than we did after World War II. If not, it's pretty close. Oh, no, it's not close. It's like <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's way f- it's like 50% more than that. Really? Yeah. Well, you know, you were, as uh, a percentage of uh, You know, you go into the restaurant area now, it is, it is astounding what the margins have to be for people to maybe not even make money. It's, now, it's what, we ordering location, I, location, location. You know, people well, well, we went some to a Mexican place we'd go once in a while. But, of course, they have this huge TV in the bar, actually four of them, and nobody ever sits in the bar. So it's actually a great place to go watch a game. You can always tell them to put it on. Well, anyway, the games are on Saturday night, so we hustle up there, sit down. Well, the, the chicken fajitas are up to twenty four fifty. That seems like a lot. Wow. Yeah. It's a lot. Were they good, though? I didn't have them. I had, I had <laughs> yeah. uh, didn't spring on the chicken fingers? No, no, but I'm saying, I'm, I'm going through the math, and I go, okay, I'm going to say you get, I can, you can get them on sale, but just generally, I'm going to say you're paying two and a half bucks a pound for chicken breast, boneless, maybe, in a more restaurant, maybe a little more. Yeah. Right, so at best, there's going to be eight ounces in this fajitas. So we're, let's, let's give them a bone and say there's two bucks worth of chicken in there. There's, say, a pepper, that's a buck. Maybe an onion, that's 50 cents. I think your prices are a little off. <laughs> Chicken, depending on what what kind you get here. Well, I'm saying you, get a, you can go anywhere and get a boneless, skinless breast for 250 a pound. Uh, not really. Well, I mean, I, I can. Maybe you guys Thank are going you. to the wrong place. But, but I'm saying, or I'd say it's four bucks. You're still talking $2. You're only right. going to give somebody right. eight ounces. And then the peppers are buck fifty to All right, so you're going to give 75. All right, so, so we're, up to, we're up to 350 plus an onion. Tree fifty. Three fifty and three fifty and and, and, the, and the things. So what are we talking? We're talking seven times. I mean, mostly you would probably want to keep your food cost, you know, thirty to forty percent. Right. You don't want to go higher than that because then. And I'm saying they're they're, they're down to less than twenty in some of the stuff. Yeah. I mean, I've I mean, it's it's at a point where they're they're charging to come in the door, but it has nothing to do with what you're eating. My really. my guess is his food cost was was probably. Forty percent, if it's twenty four dollars. Well, some of the other stuff, I'm sure he's right. Some of the other different, but in, in general. But I'm saying that that number when I left Pullman and one of the guys who left before me went to Scott Lad Ready Froze. He said in those days, you, you remember brokers and those kinds of places. They said if you bought a steak for thirty bucks, the steak probably cost the place twelve, and then they would add the potato and the salad or whatever if you're on the south side, and then. Uh, and that, and that was your number. It was 40%. I think that number's down to, well, my buddy Al said at his Italian restaurant. Well, you want it less than 40%. Well, 40% is high. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. It used to be 40% was the number. Now the leases and all the other stuff and the gas bill and the electric bill are so high, it's got to be more than that. Like, or the, 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 the restaurant has to charge more than that, meaning the percentage has to go down, correct? Yeah. But I'm saying at his place, all the pasta dishes... For twenty two, twenty three bucks, and he goes. The most expensive one was the clam sauce because they use real clams. They were four dollars. The rest of them, their cost was like two and a half or three. 
Which yeah, so pasta is not that expensive, right? So what's its total dish cost? Five and a half? Six? Uh, he was he said the f- most expensive one was four fifty. Oh, four fifty. Wow. Yeah. So yeah, you'd you'd probably want to be somewhere around fifteen to. They're all all over twenty. He said, but th- I'm saying the the the, the uh, it has nothing to do now with what you're eating. It's how many fannies you can get in the seat and how long they're there. It has. Yeah. I mean, if, if you can if you can turn Back to location. Yeah, if you can turn fifty dinners a night and your overhead is X. You know, he would tell me that if guys came in, if you had uh, with a table of four, had a bottle of wine, and uh, one appetizer, and four dinners, says you, you broke even at best. Now, if they had an after-dinner drink or a dessert, or had two bottles of wine or, or a drink before dinner with the wine, then you made money. You needed you needed 35 hours a person to break even. Didn't matter what they ate. 35. That was this is four years ago. Three Bottoms years ago. up, yeah. Because but if it was if the if the Tab was forty five. Then you made dough. Yeah, I'm a, I would say that that increase is probably standard across the board. And I said, if you knew those numbers going in, would you have ever signed that lease? The answer was no. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Anyway, Greg, th- you're, you're gonna hang around for for John a little bit. SP futures down two fifty now. As the futures down a buck. Be right back. Stacks and jacks. How much confidence do you have that your investments will make you wealthy? Do you truly know the odds? Welcome to Luckbox. The control freak's guide to life, money, and probability. Luckbox shows you how to gauge the likelihood of success before you commit to an investment or any other decision. And Luckbox is free for one year at luckboxmagazine.com jocks. Each new issue dives deep into the current investing climate, separates the signal from the noise with relevant trade ideas, and equips you with cutting-edge tactics you don't already know. Luckbox is the essential magazine for proactive investors who are hell-bent on pursuing life, luxury, and happiness through sports, fitness, travel, food, spirits, music, and a whole lot more. Smart investors don't bet on possibilities, they play the probabilities. Luckbox is $7.99 on newsstands, but you can subscribe for 10 free digital issues at luckboxmagazine.com jocks. Don't rely on luck. Get Luckbox at luckboxmagazine.com jocks. Is your business being challenged by the complexities surrounding healthcare reform or other matters related to human resources management? If so, then Cognos HR can help. A longtime friend and contributor to the Stocks and Jocks radio program, Cognos HR provides its clients with a perfect blend of strategic consulting and day-to-day HR management to drive overall improvement in business performance. Companies that join the Cognos HR family are better able to manage healthcare costs, enhance benefit offerings, and improve employee satisfaction by leveraging our access to Fortune 500 benefits. Our innovative onboarding and payroll technology, along with our constant attention to detail, enables us to provide the highest level of quality service to our clients. Now, your time and energy can be focused on generating business and increasing your bottom line. We'll take care of the rest. For more information, call us at 630-401-8810 or search us on the web at CognosHR.com. Cognos HR, innovation and human resources. Licensed in Illinois and Arizona. Hello, this is Tom Howell, the Chief. Confused about investing these days? I suspect you are not alone. Investing was never easy, although at times it may have seemed so. I think one reason behind the current concern, although maybe not explained as such, 
is how the fluctuation of the American dollar and the associated politics is affecting your investments and your wealth. It may not be enough to make some money in your investments. You may need now to make enough to exceed the amount that your leadership is depreciating the value of the dollars you've worked your whole life to accumulate. That same leadership has seen fit to maneuver risk-free interest rates to near zero. Providing positive risk-averse returns in a zero-interest and declining real-wealth environment is by far the toughest assignment I've ever had in my years as a money manager. I'm sure that a lot of you have heard that one way to possibly deal with this problem is to invest in so-called hard currencies like silver and gold, the idea being that they will retain their relative value in the face of devaluation of paper currencies like the dollar. To be honest, I have never been a gold bug. I've always had faith that having enough dollars and a good investment strategy was good enough. Now I'm not so sure. But I do know that if I did invest in gold or silver, I'd want to do it in the same manner as we do with PTI for investments in the market, with defined risk. If you feel the need to invest in gold or silver, we can do it using the same strategies that we use for our protected index program. No matter what you invest in, we feel that you need to know and control your risk. Find us at PTISecurities.com. That's PTISecurities.com. Stocks, jocks, stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Here, right now. Right now, right now. Well, I'm up Jacks. I'm Tom Al. Matt Byrne on the board. SP Futures down a buck, Chuck. Uh, SP Futures up three. Uh, so we're, we're hugging the flat line for the big big bounce on Friday. Mm. After we have lousy days in a row, we got a lot of that back on Friday, which is obviously a good thing. Over in Europe, we've got the DAX up six, call that flat. Puts you up 23.3%, kick around up three, call that flat. So, should we say up barely in Europe, but but up. Uh, Nikkei up 352. Oh, uh, yeah, these guys, are, they traded today. It's another 1.3%, 26,906. Um, Hang Seng, uh, they are not open because they're the Chinese New Year, or near as a Shanghai. They're close for like a week, aren't they, Greg? I don't trade that stuff. I, I'm not the right person is, to ask. What, I apologize. What is, what is this? Is this the year of the... Oh, man, what is this? The year of the yeah, rat? We'll, we'll look it up. We'll look we'll it up. We'll look it up. The, uh, over the U.S. on Friday, Dow was up 330. S&P up a huge 73 points. NASDAQ up 288. Uh, so big, big day on Friday. Bonds today up two basis points, 3.50. The Bund unchanged at 2.18. Japan down to 0.39 after being at 0.49 like a week ago. Oil... Up 52 cents, 82.16 as oil continues to cre- creep up here. Was down to like 77. Uh, Brent up 64 cents, 88.27. Natural gas. Wow, look at this, Greg. Uh, up 29 cents, but still only 3.46. Our about bud changed at 265. We've got gold down 230, but still 19.25. Silver down 16 cents, 23.77. Big week last year. Uh, the copper unchanged at 425. We've got Bitcoin. Of 373, 22,884. Not exactly sure why that's going up. But Jamie Dimon said it's what? It's a total fraud? Uh, I think he's probably right, but if we'd have, if you'd have traded on his words last week, you'd be down about what, 400 points. Maybe that, maybe like at least 400 points. And we have the U.S. dollar, uh, the euro. Actually, which is kind of un- uh, mixed here. The euro's dollar's up a little bit against the euro at 108, down a little bit against the pound at 1.23. So the dollar's kind of stuck in here. It is. At a way way lower number than it was, but it seems like it's buried kind of like at 123 and 108. Uh, Matt, what do you got for us, Trevi? Weather Sports. Yeah, good morning. Currently 6:36 a.m. on January 23rd, 2023. Uh, traffic fairly regular this morning. Nothing much to worry about. We'll keep you updated as that progresses. Uh, weather in Chicago, though, currently cloudy skies right now, 23 degrees, a high of 32 later today. As far as this week, a chance of snow on Wednesday and Thursday. Right now in Phoenix, clear skies, currently 39 degrees. High of 49 and a low of 29. Yesterday in the NHL, Blackhawks lost to LA Kings 2-1. Yesterday in the NFL, 
AFC playoffs saw Bengals beat Bills 27-10. In NFC, 49ers won their game against Cowboys 19-12. And uh, as far as those uh, questions earlier, it's 19 grand for a Davos ticket. It's 19 grand, um, but that you have to get the uh, uh, invited to be a member, which cost $52,000. Uh, and as who would uh this is according to Yahoo News, by the way. Now, are you, you going to be like Groucho Marx? Me? What was his famous line? I forget what, what, what's Groucho Marx's famous line. I know a bunch of his famous lines. I would never I, be a member of a club that would have me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly. Uh, so if they're inviting you, uh, don't don't go in. Uh, but also, the year of the year of the rabbit is this Chinese New Year, Lunar New Year. So that's all for now, Chief. Back to you. Do we have Mr. Flanagan? We do indeed. So uh, can you imagine uh, the three of us sitting at the barn at Davos? <laughs> We cleared a room in about two seconds. <laughs> every time it was every time it was his round, I could see uh, Greg heading for the can. You know. <laughs> By the way, it's according to this, a uh, forty-three dollars for a hot dog. How much for? Does it say how much for a martini? For martini, I'm not seeing martini, but I'm telling you, if, if the beer? Caesar salads are sixty bucks, at the sense right here, I'm assuming the martinis are not uh, not too cheap. Well, first of all, we we got to find somebody to fly us in on their Gulfstream because you can't oh, you can't okay. fly commercial. You'd be a no. chump. <laughs> I can't go. You can't go commercial there at I all. I can see Greg wanting to fly in on some prop job and us being embarrassed as all get out. Oh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't think we're ready for this. <clears throat> no, CNBC, oh, no. I wonder how many... Why, now, why can't you get us press passes, Matt? Me? Oh, well, you're, you're our, our producer. I can kind of contact the Davos guys, say, hey, we, we got these three mopes from Stacks and Jacks want to come over and be a... Uh, I think we should do a stand-up routine. Oh god! <laughs> and what do we tell them? What do we tell them? We want to do there. We, I think. I think all we want to do is we, we want to look around. We want to be the all entertainment. That's we want to do. Is we, we want to observe. No, we we want to be the entertainment. Yeah, we we want to live from Davos. We're sort of the the court jesters. We want to sit at the bar and have people buy drinks for us. Yeah, exactly. Remember to keep, keep our microphones recording <laughs> too. This is before your guys' time, John. Remember the three Stooges st- st- skit where they they go into the, was it the football game and they're they're depressed and. And Mo goes press. And then <laughs> <laughs> press and then Larry goes press and Curly goes pull. <laughs> that guy looks at him like, what's the button this? off like the You got to knock off the washstand <laughs> of the men's room. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what, what great, those guys are unbelievable. The, uh, yeah. <laughs> They're still on TV, Tom. Oh, I know. Yeah, they are. <laughs> well, you know, you know, it's. They never went away. <laughs> well, you know, it's, it's, it's total blasphemy. I know you're not supposed to stay in this politically correct world, but. If ever, you, if ever you feel like you want to be uh, uh, naughty, I guess so you'll use the term, go on YouTube and watch a, watch a thing of Amos and Andy. They are hilarious. Oh, yeah. <laughs> They're absolutely hilarious. <laughs> the, uh, even I mean, Jesse Jackson said, why, why not watch him? It's unbelievable acting. I mean, it, but it's, mm. it's so funny when you talk about comedy. We'll go off the roads here a little bit. It's, it's, all, it's all kind of the same theme. There's, all, there's, always, there's always like three elements to it. There's somebody who's... Mr. Control Freak, be it Moe the Kingfish or or, Jack, or uh, Ralph Cramden. Yeah. And there's somebody who just is sort of the clown figure. You know, it's it's Curly. It's it's uh was it a- was uh, Andy right? Mm. And then it was and then it, or it was uh, Norton, Ed yeah. Norton. And then there's then there's a person who wants everybody to get along. Or the two ladies kind of perform that function in the honeymooners. But it was always Andy was the uh, the cab driver who had had a brain in his head right. And <laughs> then. Well, but he tried to get everybody to get along, the Kingfish. And, mm. and uh, then there was Larry and the Three Stooges, just want everybody to get along. And, but it, it's, it's actually the same theme, when you think about it. Oh, yeah. And every, what every male personality is, is in one of those three people, pretty much. 
It even goes back to uh, uh, all a lot, a lot of those archetypes for characters are based off an ancient uh, Italian thing, a uh, uh, Commedia dell'arte. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, Very it's good. all the different. <laughs> I believe it's there's a, 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 a if you look at all the different figures they have in there, they have uh, all them uh, ones you can see today. I believe it was. I could be. It's been a while. I'm a little rusty. I believe it, the. Pantalones, pantalones, pan- yep. yeah, something like that. And he's he's sort of the older, grouchier old man, which is you know, every <laughs> literally every old man in a, in a sitcom comedy. Uh, but there's there's lots of great characters in that. Punchinello, and I mean they're all stock figures. Oh, yeah. all you guys uh, remember Dilbert? Oh yeah, well Dilbert was spectacular. <laughs> yeah, so Dilbert, the guy who wrote Dilbert said, and he always said that there was a formula for comedy, and I was like, okay, whatever. But then eventually he gave the formula, and I'm like, okay, well maybe the the Dilbert guy would know something about being funny, but he said there's six things that are funny, and then you always need two of them for a joke to be funny. So cute, naughty, bizarre, clever, recognizable, or cruel. If you <laughs> if you can if you can combine two of those, you're always going to be funny. Mm. So cute, one naughty, bizarre, clever, recognizable, cruel. I thought one of his best skits was uh, Dilbert sitting there. Remember the the stupid boss with the guy with the the, the wacky hair. The 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 they, Dilbert's sitting there messing with the guy's cubicle. And so, the, well, who's the girl? I forget who the girl was. She goes, what are you doing? She goes, he goes, every week I move his c- cubicle walls an eighth inch closer <laughs> toward, toward the middle. <laughs> so they show the next picture. They got the boss trying to trying to slide through the opening of the cubicle. But it happened so gradually, he, never, he didn't even know it ever happened. <laughs> yeah, so that would be, what, naughty and clever. <laughs> yeah, but he did it so gradually, he moved like an eighth of an inch a week or something. <laughs> yeah, I had no idea it was. The walls were. <laughs> anyway, I watched the last one. I haven't watched it for a long time. But <clears throat> I was watching uh, Amos and Andy. And so Kingfish and Calhoun go to a ball game, right? Of course, you know, the blacks are sitting in one spot and the white people are, Well, the guy, this rich guy's there with his wife, and she drops her ring into the popcorn box that the Kingfish has got. So it's one of those, it was like a Cracker Jack, we were supposed to get a prize in the box. <laughs> so Kingfish pulls out the ring and he goes, man, this popcorn must be pretty cheap if they could put, put prizes in like this. <laughs> anyway, it was, then he ends up selling the ring to Andy, then he finds out on TV it's a real ring and they're trying to find it. So he's trying to get the ring back from Andy, who of course had proposed to his girl. Anyway, it was hilarious. I don't know if he ever got it back or not, I stopped watching it, but... The whole well, and the radio broadcasts of Amos and Andy are just as funny, too, Tom. They didn't even need visuals, but the writing was always you know, the, the same kind of sharpness, and, and it, it, they've worn... I mean, the, the, the humor is so politically incorrect, you really oh, yeah. can't even you know, talk about it too much, but, but they're just as funny as the TV shows, really. Well, you know, a lot of, a lot of what... I mean, does anybody even do uh, caricatures anymore? Or are they considered well, too can't. dangerous? <laughs> Uh, I, mean, I don't know. I mean, there was when, when Nixon's nose got about two feet long, and his ears got so big. <laughs> I always thought those things were hilarious. I had, a, I had a buddy in high school who was really good at caricatures. He's an artist. Wow. And uh, boy, he, he he could do some really good stuff. And even as a, as a young guy, I mean, uh, anyway, scared. You know, somehow, I, I think people need humor, and I think somewhere along the line, you need the ability to laugh at yourself a little bit. I, mean, I think it helps the psyche. But I know that's politically incorrect now to say that, but. Everybody can stand a little deflation every now and yeah. then. Just to, people get so pumped up about themselves, they need to be brought down a few steps. Yeah. It's hard to do that anymore, though. I know, I, but I mean, I, I, I don't mind. I mean, uh, Johnny Carson, when he, when he had the guy on who, who impersonated everybody. Oh, Rich Little. Right? He came out and he was impersonating Johnny Carson. 
<laughs> I don't really do that, do they? And he was doing it. It was like the tap of the pencil or whatever. Anyway, John, we've got uh, all kinds of stuff. Uh, we're st- I thought maybe we'd start the week out a little lighter. Well, we've done that. Now we've got mayoral elections. We've got uh, we've got all this stuff going on. Our China. You realize that um, you know, the China that claims they've got 85,000 deaths in COVID, which is the biggest crack of BS I've ever heard. I was reading yesterday that India now has more people in China, the amount of yep. people in China that have died. Wow, wow. Well, and China's reaping the harvest of its one-child policy, which is going to curse it, you know, for decades. Um, so they're, they're playing with, with that game, too. Uh, whatever, if you can believe any of their statistics about their mortality because of illness, um, even if those remain somewhat stable, they'd be reducing the population because of that one-child policy. I think they've 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 decimated their older people with yeah. this thing. I, I mean, I, I that you know you don't know what I, I don't know how to predict even what they're going to do now. Even the way that the economic area is not coming back so fast, they got that up to behind. I what do you, for God's sake? I mean, what, how do you even predict there? I mean, everybody on, on TV and radio is is talking about oh you got to start investing back over there. And you've seen the the Hang Seng up what fifty percent, Greg, in, in three months, four months. I hope you're long calls. Yeah, I, I wasn't. I mean, I, I refuse to trade over there. I would never. We have uh, one of the groups. You're trading daily options, but you're not trading actual. Oh, <laughs> I, I would. Uh, you know, I, you know. I I just have a. I have, a, I have an issue with this stuff. I could never. Years ago, I could never put uh, my clients' money into tobacco companies. Not just because I was sort of anti-tobacco, but. How do, you, how do you put people's money in a, in, a, in a company that has like 50 lawsuits going against it any given day and any one of them could mm. torpedo them? None of them really did. Uh, they ended up being a pretty good investment because they were always priced lower and paid really good dividends because they had all these problems around them. But <coughs> Uber had a lot of lawsuits. Yeah, but I, I mean, how would you... <laughs> they got wrecked. But, but, but if, I'm, <laughs> if I'm managing your or John's money and all of a sudden I buy, you know, Philip Morris and, I, and, and some, you know, somehow, of course... I guess if you were if you were cynical enough, which maybe I wasn't in those days, you would say the government makes so much money on these things they're never going to put them out of business, uh, which turned out to be true. Correct? I mean, oh yeah. Uh, but I mean, how, how could you? Is it Altria or Philip Morris, or do they split? Which one? Uh, is that? Well, Philip Morris is still around. I think yeah. Philip Morris Europe's still around. They still sell bazillion cigarettes over yeah, there. Those are like the best performing stocks of all yeah. time. Oh yeah. And uh, so I mean, I, but how would I? You know, you give me all your dad's dough, and I put it in Philip Morris, and all of a sudden I got a lawsuit, and the thing's trading two bucks. I mean, your dad's going to say, out of out of all the zillion stocks, there, why'd you have to pick one that had, you know, fifty court cases going against it every given day? And there's that's no, why there's you no pick more than one, I guess. <laughs> but uh, you know, well, you know, and it got to the point where they were giving so much money to the states, you, you couldn't put them out of business because the states needed the dough. I mean, right. it, it got to be so that the biggest proponent of of, of tobacco became the states. Which is kind of the opposite of what you sort of wanted it, right? But just saying, I mean, uh, what, what, what do they used to say? What a tangled web we weave, John? Yep. I think the cannabis markups are like forty or fifty percent here, so that's uh, big money. Actually, I think they double. Oh, <laughs> okay. Yeah, they double. I think they get from the, what they get from the growers. Wow. Um, Bill hasn't put the black market out of business either. Black sure. market's cheaper. Yeah. And, uh, and that's that's why they'll always be that as an alternative. And of course, that's that's got problems in having any kind of a two-tiered system. One's legal, one's not. What makes you think? What makes you think that the uh, medical marijuana isn't being resold on the street? 
Mm. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what Because that's a negative <laughs> scalp, isn't it? Yeah. Well, I mean, I think a lot of people like the idea that it comes, you know, that it's... If you buy it for 100 and sell it for 40 But it's But it's... Let's put it this way. I'm not really into that, but if I was... Let's put it this way. I'd much rather buy Jack Daniels from a liquor store than from some guy in the street saying <laughs> this is really Jack Daniels. I mean, I'm a little more secure in the, yeah. in the fact that I'm getting the right stuff from the liquor store. That's I'm just, good, just yeah. saying. But, you know, you're... you're uh, I don't have a medical marijuana card. It's not a card. It's more of a letter, right, Jen? Uh, yeah, I mean, well, you can get a... All you got to do is be, you know, get your physician to tell you you've got a condition that is, you know, gives you the right to ask for this for medical purposes. And you get a break on the price then at the licensed stores. Right. You still pay the same price on the black market, but you know, maybe, you know, maybe that's kind of why... It's being subsidized for the medical users in a way, and everybody else who's not got one of those... You know, proof of, of medical conditions is paying full freight or buying on the black market. Well, the, so. the difference is the tax. Right. right. Med- medical marijuana, because it's medical, you only pay 6% tax, like if it's a prescription drug. Yeah. But the other stuff, I don't know what tax on the other stuff is, but it's a lot higher. But the interesting part is, you may think, a guy, you know, a guy like Greg, you know, he's a, you know, he just doesn't, you know, he's just learning what marijuana is at his age. Uh, <laughs> just saying. Yeah, a uh, youngster. Yeah. You know, uh, if you get a medical card, for instance, you're too young to need a prescription, but say you get a prescription for whatever, an allergy. Not only does your, your doctor send the thing to Walgreens or how you're going, it'll say Greg needs, you know, something and something, some, some name of a drug for his allergy. By the way, he's supposed to take one a day, and for a month you give him 30. Now, if, if you're a regular person, you might say, well, gee, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, if he needs 30, uh, one a day, you're going to give him 30 for the month, right? Well, med- medical marijuana is not like that. You just you just get the letter. And you can buy whatever you want, right, John? Right. Which means that you can you can if you use if you do one dub a day, you can buy thirty and and sell the other twenty nine. Right. Which is a lot different. I mean, if you get a what's the what's the the painkiller drug that everybody's going goofy on? Is it oxy Vicodin? Um, oxycodone? Yeah. And you you can't if, if you if you break your ankle and the doctor gives you a, a month's worth of oxycodone, you can't walk in and buy, you know, 15 months supply and sell them. <laughs> well, you, you can with a, med- a marijuana letter, right, John? Right, yeah. I, mean, I don't think there's any restrictions on quantities. No, which is, which is so bizarre. <laughs> 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 I can't, can't even well, go if there. if you buy the Vicodin, okay, this, yeah, if you buy the Vicodin at the Walgreens or whatever and it costs you $20 and you can sell it for $20 a pill, you know, okay, I yeah. get it. But if you buy the the marijuana for $100 or whatever, and then you can only sell it for $40, it's... Well, I mean, I... I $50, I don't know. I mean, I don't, I don't know what the difference is between the black market and the other, but... Uh, I mean, I bet if you're buying gummies, uh, th- th- can you buy gummies on the street? I don't know. I doubt it. Brownies? Cookies? Well, it, nah. There's so much of this stuff going on with Walgreens outside of the pharmaceuticals. You know, when I see people going out of a Walgreens with... You know, having bought forty rolls of, of paper towels, you know they're going to be selling those somewhere for double what they mm-hmm. paid for them at Walgreens and some mini mart around the street. So, well, that's what that's what the Sam's Club is for. It's people yeah. go there, buy yeah. stuff, and then, then break it up. I mean, uh, that that that's one of the biggest. Well, we'll talk about real stuff in the market here in a bit, but that, that's why your Costco has done so much better than Sam's in a lot of ways. I mean, Sam's is really. I mean, you could join it. I mean, we have a business membership at PTI at Sam's, but uh, Sam's is open 
I think it is in some of them, John. They're still open at 7 in the morning only for business people, right? Yeah. And you go in there, and if you have a, a small business, like you've got a gas station, you've got your you know your convenience store, those guys would buy all their stuff at the Sam's. It was their wholesaler. And you didn't have to pay tax if you had a tax ID number. And Costco was never designed that way. Right. So one of the reasons why Sam's has not done as well as Costco is because those small businesses have done horribly in the last four years, right, John? That's right. So, I mean, if, if you went to the Sam's, like in Evergreen Park, they'll say the... You know, the, the customers that are weak were always some guy. You'll see some dude with, with three flatbeds with water and Coke and everything on there. He's, he's loading up in the candy and everything. He's loading up for his entire convenience store. That was his restaurant depot, essentially, right? That's right. Well, we did that for uh, when there was the aluminum shortage or whatever. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we couldn't get cans of anything. So you had to go to wherever you could find it. We, we Sam's always had it, pretty yeah. much. Do you guys buy, uh, in restaurants... Uh, um, do you guys wander over the depot yourself, or, or if Sam? you get if you get stuck, you know, if somebody doesn't deliver, they they just say, you know, maybe next week. <laughs> yeah, you have to. So they they, may, they give you a company pickup truck so just in case. Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> God. So anyway, what uh, one of the things I did want to talk about was Greg was still here. Is I know you're not a huge gold guy, or uh, but the commodities work the same, you know, pretty much across the board, Greg and. And you can never really tell exactly where the companies are, but you have your suspicions. Like, you look, take oil, for instance. I mean, everybody's running around talking about, you know, excess profit tax or whatever all those things are. But if, if oil is, pick a number, 70, 75 hours a barrel, I'd say your your oil companies make, you know, whatever. Their, their, their margin is, what would you guess, 8% maybe at most? I mean, because uh, there's, you know, a lot of money involved in exploring for oil, but... If they go from, you know, eighty bucks to one twenty, all of a sudden, then the additional forty, their margins got to be, you know, way more than the eight. It's probably more like thirty or forty, right? That's what happened with the crude oil. Yeah. So, same thing happens with gold. The same thing happens with natural gas. I'm sure. And the same thing probably happens with, with all your commodities. I mean, I got to believe it. At the, at you know, four dollars a bushel. A for corn, a, a you know, a farmer might be making fifty cents, but at eight dollars a bushel, he's making four fifty, right? So, the, the the profits aren't exactly linear for these people with the price because correct? your fixed cost is right. Such that yeah. and uh, so what I and I and I don't know where gold's going to go, but I might I'm tempted here because the last time if you if you do your charts, I don't do charts as much as you do, but gold last time I went from like nineteen hundred to pushing two thousand. It's a 5% move in gold, but it's caused, in the past, it doesn't mean it'll happen again, it's caused maybe a, a 15 or 20% move in the gold miners. And your barrack gold and those kinds of places. Because all of a sudden, if gold's 2000 they're doing real well. Or if it's at 1700 they're probably making a handsome living, but not, you know, dreams of avarice. Now the question is, will it go there? <laughs> you know, if it does, I think it, it's one of those times where you can maybe get a nonlinear event. You know, so you know, so I'm I'm tempted to 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 push to push it a little bit here. I don't know. What do you think? Gold is what nineteen twenty. Yeah, it's probably what thirteen fifty or fourteen hundred for break even. So they're they're doing okay, but but uh, if it for me, it just I can't get long up here. I'm from with that too. Yeah, so maybe well, you know buy the dips, but for me, uh, I'd much more interested in selling expensive puts and buying them back as it rallies 
Yeah, I mean, I, that's, that's why I'm, I'm asking you uh, on the air for I'm asking you for investment advice because, <laughs> well, because I think in one t- I mean, the way the math looks like from history. Now, history doesn't mean crap because these guys could have they could have uh, hedged themselves, right, and sold futures and so forth going forward. But it looks to me that if, if gold comes back from 1900, say, in other words, I got gold in 1928, and I've got the GDX, which is the Gold Miners Index, is at 3237. Now, what I'm thinking is. Just like you, it's probably kind of high here, and actually, it'll probably run back down to eighteen hundred rather than. Gold. It's a question of which looks better, the miners or the physical, and then which are they going to pay you more for? And when I say that, I mean premium-wise, which is more expensive, and would you rather uh, sell it, or would you rather buy the cheaper one, or would you rather do both? So, if you've got companies that are, you know, too expensive, maybe you sell the company and you buy the gold, or if in the other, in the other scenario, you buy the company and sell the gold, or if the prices are so goofy in the options, then maybe you do a little of both. You know, picking up what's cheap and then selling what's expensive. Well, now, if you just want naked, then yeah, yeah. Well, what I'm kind of looking at is if, if gold runs back down to eighteen hundred, which is probably the more likely event, I'm gonna I'll lose you know six percent on the gold, and I'll lose uh, uh, well more like seven or eight percent on the gold, and I'll lose. Seven or eight percent on the GDX, but if it runs up a hundred, even though I don't expect it, that's a five percent move in the gold. But I might get a fifteen percent move out of the GDX. That's that's kind of what I'm looking at. Is it's kind of uneat. It's right. An uneat- so the driver you're talking about, you know, the gold moving the the miners. Right. So in that case, you would you would want to be long the miners and short the gold. Right. So how you do that is yeah, based on that, what's so expensive and right. what's cheap, but. Uh, if you want to do it, you know, very risk, uh, what is it, risk-defined, you know, you'd be buying the calls and uh, selling. Well, yeah, because I think if, I mean, this is, again, one man's opinion, that if, if the gold were to go like 2100 you might actually get the miners at like 40 you know, because all of a sudden they're making more money than God, assuming they didn't, assuming, which is the big assumption, they didn't hedge forward. That was always the big, on the trading floor, we used to trade like Barack, uh, uh, Barrick Gold and what was the other one? There were two. Always was the big question of how much did they hedge? Because you know, if they sold all their gold out at nineteen hundred, didn't go to four thousand, make any difference, right? Right. But you right. but you never really knew. And which that's why it's it's harder it's harder to sell Freeport right now because Freeport was the was the copper thing, but then they bought a gold company, so they're kind of half and half. Right. So it's a little. I haven't looked at this specifically, but in that case that you're talking about, I would be probably long calls in the miners and then. Uh, financing that by shorting the puts in the gold. Okay. But again, but your long gold short puts sounds to me like you're bullish. <laughs> well, short, <sure. laughs> right? But you, you know, nothing is free. So how are you going to pay for that long yeah. miners trade? Well, maybe you sell a little bit of the future because the the miners would go up in the case more than the futures. Well, that that so, would be the that would be the hope. Right. <laughs> of course, it doesn't mean it's going to work, right? Right, but you're defined on your your miner's position in that you can only lose the value of the calls, and then if you get delivered on the gold, well, you kind of wanted that anyway. So, All right, bud. Well, thank you very much. S&P Futures, John, you'll be back. S&P Futures down 25 cents. NASDAQ Futures up 9 now. Uh, we'll be right back. Stocks and Jacks. This self-directed trading is a lonely job. Online trading is not as easy as point and click. No, it's not. Everyone, even professionals, need to share ideas and think out loud every now and then. That's what I like about PTI Pro Direct. Their staff of former option floor traders really helps me choose the right strategy for trading option volatility and plan the time to gain for my covered writing program. Yep, 
nothing can replace years of trading experience to stop you from making that dumb trade and for saving a few bucks. We've all been there and done that. <laughs> yeah, I have access to all that great trading advice and experience for just a penny a share for stocks, $1 for equity options, and $1 minimum a trade. Our clients at PTI ProDirect can call when they need a little help on a trade or just to talk about the market in general. We trade every day. We love this stuff. That's what I like most about PTI ProDirect. Cheap prices along with great advice from real floor traders. It's the best of both worlds. Tell your friends. That's PTIProdirect.com. PTIProdirect.com. Hi, I'm Audrey Johnson, an owner of Home Source Realty and a frequent contributor to Stocks and Jocks. If you're nervous about the stock market and considering diversification or are looking for a rate of return way better than your banks, consider adding rental properties to your portfolio. Whether it's a condo, single family, or multi-unit building, I can help you select a property that meets your financial needs. Call or text me at 708 349 3456. That's 708-349-3456. Or visit my website at myhomesourcerealty.com. That's myhomesourcerealty.com. Are you one of the millions of people who suffer with pain? Do you wake up in the morning with stiffness in the lower back or neck? Why are you using medication to cover up the symptoms without treating the actual cause? Painkillers, muscle relaxants, and anti-inflammatories are not the answer. At ChiroMed, physicians are trained to detect the cause of your symptoms and to correct the underlying problem. If you're ready to listen to common sense and do what it takes to make changes in your body that can affect your health for the rest of your life, give ChiroMed a call and set up a complimentary consultation. They're located in Orland Park and can be reached at 708-403-2727. 20,000 patients over 22 years have been treated at ChiroMed and over 90% of them have had positive results without medication or expensive surgery. Isn't it time you did something good for your body too? Give ChiroMed a call, 708-403-2727. That's 708-403-2727. Let's get you pain-free and living again. Stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Here, right now, right here, right now, right now. I'm a big fan of money. I like it. I use it. I have a little. I keep it in a jar on top of my refrigerator. I'd like to put more in that jar. Bingo. Day after day, alone on a hill, the man with the foolish grin is keeping perfectly still. Hello, no Opex, Stacks and Jacks. Good choice of music again by Mr. Matt Byrne. Uh, he's getting pretty good at this, isn't he, Mr. <laughs> Flanagan? Excellent job, yeah. <laughs> We didn't have... We, we never did any... Uh, we were never able. And your buddy Andrew was never able to get us any Jeff Beck. Jeff, oh, I can get you some Jeff Beck. You want some Jeff Beck? And we didn't. We didn't get any David Crosby either. And we've had both those in the last. What was it two? Only like two yeah. weeks or so. Yeah, yeah. yeah that, my favorite. I think my favorite Jeff Beck song uh, was probably his cover "Superstition." I, I, I was a huge fan of that. He did a. a I believe Stevie Wonder wrote it first um, for him, and then he actually used it later on. You know, he did his own version. It's a lot more rock and roll, a lot more heavier. Uh, just a really great cover of that song. Well, it, as you as you're getting a little older, it's always encouraging to see a guy like Crosby making it to 81 with the abuse oh, yeah. he did to himself. Yeah, it gives you hope. Uh, <laughs> it gives you hope. It's like God. <laughs> I, I'm kidding. I want to tell you too how much I enjoyed your conversation with Kevin. Friday about concerts at the Auditorium Theater. Yeah. That was in my element. And I can indeed vouch for the fact, Tom, that opera can play there without any, you know, amplification. And I've seen 
solo vocalist there with a piano and one voice, mm, and wow. you can hear everything unbelievably. So wow. it's it's one of those special places. You know, the Chicago Theater can do that too, right? Yeah, it's 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 got some quirks, and there are some seats where the sound isn't as good. But mm. overall, for its size, it's it's a great theater. But the auditorium is you know it's huge. It was it had like forty two hundred seats originally, um, and there isn't a bad seat. You know, really, you know, audio-wise or in, in your sightlines, so it's a spectacular theater. Well, I, I was there for a couple of. Uh, I saw Emerson, Lake, and Palmer there, which to me was the best concert I ever saw. Oh, I wow, think because yeah. of the venue. Um, yeah. But what's his name? Uh, Keith Emerson was really something. And it, oh yeah. Well, and Greg Lake. I mean, it was a hell of a group. Uh, but the, uh, I, I'm, I'm positive now because I, I wasn't sure last week, but. He, that David Crosby was a guy that lived right down down the hill from John's cousin, Doctor J's cousin in no Mill Valley. But he, I don't mean to actually call it living. He, he <laughs> went into this house, painted all the the windows black from the inside, and like never came out. It was his two years where he just kind of just drugged out for a couple of minutes. Yeah, he had some dark times. Huh? Yeah, and then he came back out and joined the group again, or joined another group. It was my uh, buddy Dave. I think you met. Came down to Notre Dame a few times. So the best concert he ever saw was the original Crosby, Stills, and Nash at the Auditorium Theater. Wow. Oh, wow. Was that in yeah. uh, 1969? Somewhere in there, yeah. It was before we went to... Because that was actually right before they went to Woodstock. They were in Chicago. Yeah, yeah. That was right. That was a couple early, days. Very early in there. Yeah, wow. Before they got so. Neil Young, who some, somehow helped and somehow hurt, yeah. I think. Uh, yeah. But uh, anyway, it was... Uh, it was uh, I, I can't get over if you actually read the, the... You know, some of the lyrics on some of these songs, and you... You wonder what these people were thinking that wrote this stuff. I mean, it really hasn't been any. It's not like all you know. All music was good. I don't. I don't think I, I've come across any lyrics like that in the last twenty years. Have you, Jen? No, it's just been a real decadent period for pop music. I think. Um, all right. So back to <coughs> the market, the people, uh, the economy. Uh, I'm, I'm stunned at this. Uh, have you watched anything about this? Well, first of all, I haven't heard anything about how many people here in Chicago are being laid off by uh, Google. Have you? No, not locally. What, uh, I mean, uh, this is more of a, I mean, I can always talk to you about just about anything, but uh, this is more of a, a loose spot. But I thought the idea, because we talked to Carl on Friday about it, and he, I said, okay, when are all these people getting laid off going to smack the employment numbers? Because last month, you know, in the CPI number, Everyone was gaga about it because it was it showed inflation pretty much stopping, and one of the biggest things they had in there was, uh, you know, gasoline prices down fifteen percent, and they've got gasoline is almost four percent of people's basket, which is kind of bizarre because it's they've got <laughs> they got medical stuff uh, like it's six or seven percent, six and a half, which is kind of crazy because I can't believe most people spend more on gasoline than they pay in their health insurance, but uh, you know I guess. Uh, I, mean, I think that's an insane type of thing, but uh, whether you're paying or your company's paying it, somebody's paying it. Because somebody's gonna say, "What do you mean I don't have?" You're paying it. Sorry, you're paying it. Uh, but now he said it's not going to happen until March because if you're a big enough company, you've got to give what 60 days notice to the the authorities. I don't know. Sound like we're in Russia or someplace. You got to give 60 days notice, right, John, to right. somebody? Is it the state employment group or Rich somebody? Employer, yeah. uh, and then you're supposed to pay these people for 60 days. So I'm reading this article here from, uh, and there's one uh, there's one comment here from one of the people. This Sundar, how do you pronounce his last name? Pichai? Sundar, whatever the guy named is the CEO. Mm. He goes, uh, you know, he, he's talking, evidently the, 
there doesn't seem to be any rhyme or reason, according to the employees, of who's getting laid off. Some people were just recently promoted, like last month, and then they got laid off. And other people, uh, you know, they seem to be like they're almost there for ten, you know, tenure, and yet they're going to say it's not because of age. You know, so it's kind of weird. But it doesn't seem like there's any method to the madness, according to, you know, the people that are there. So the, so the comment is, uh, the it says, so how are the layoffs decided? Some high performers were let go from our teams. One top-rated question read, this negatively impacts the remaining Googler, Googlers who see someone with high recognition, positive reviews, promo, but still getting laid off. What metrics are used to determine uh, which were laid off? Was this based on their performance, scope of work, or both? Maybe age, maybe what you're getting paid. We don't want to go down that road, do you? So here, the, the CEO, Sundar Pichai, people get this out of, out of wherever, statement which says, I take full responsibility for the decisions that led us here. So then one of the one employee asked, "What does taking full responsibility entail?" Responsibility like on your sword. Yeah. <laughs> responsibility without consequence seems like an empty platitude. Is leadership foregoing bonuses and pay raises this year? Will anybody be stepping down? Matter of fact, Greg, before you left, looked up. You know what, Matt? Want you to do this because he did it. And I forgot the number. Mm. How much money are they buying back in stock this year? Eighty billion or some eight? I mean, some number. Uh, maybe, maybe Matt, you can find that before I lob it out there, which I already okay, did. Yeah. Uh, you wonder what. So now, they they already lost their access to stuff. Now, are, are you just going to give these guys a sixty day check? I would imagine they're going to have to, right? Yeah. What's another story too is when he says he takes full responsibility for how we got here. Exactly. Where are they? Yeah. Exactly. Where we're at. Where are we? Yeah. <laughs> could you could you be more explicit about where you did something wrong to get you here? <laughs> yeah, it's uh so evidently you know, here, here's one that's uh you know they're, they're talking about people who have been laid off uh so far in the U.S. Wait a minute, that one to be a knucklehead here. The uh, this is by Jennifer Elias of CNBC. Since so I'm quoting her stuff, I'm going to say who the hell she is. That would be nice. The uh, so it says here they are. Uh, so far in the U.S., employees have been laid off across business units, including Chrome. Okay, we know what that is. Cloud, and it's experimental Area 120. Do they have, like, a, an Air Force base somewhere? <laughs> what is Area 120? Sounds like it. Sounds, Sounds like it. it. <laughs> what's, a, what's a place outside of uh, Vegas? Area something, something you can't fly over or around? 51, you're right. 51, you're thinking of anything, right? Well, there's one in uh, Nevada, too. Yeah. yeah. There's yeah. one by Roswell, but there's one in Nevada, too. Area something, something. Uh, that, that, that supposedly were all the, the experimental planes. Area, area 51. That's okay. the one, yeah. And <laughs> area, it was experimental Area 120. What is that, okay. some bar somewhere? What is, <laughs> what is that? That doesn't sound too good, no. Uh, some employees working on the company's artificial intelligence programs were also laid off. Hmm. <laughs> Makes you think, Tommy. We should hire those people over here at PTI and see what they come up with. Maybe, Maybe the artificial intelligence people are laying off the live ones. Maybe maybe the thing will just be, I'll just be uh, I can go out on a golf course and my my driver will say on top you just bowled the soldier just just bought and I don't even have to do anything. <laughs> I mean, I you know, who knows if the anyway. Nice. Well, you, you know, there's got to be a story there, but you, uh, you still can't tell at all what the story is. I mean, what what do they foresee? What's yeah. the, um, the the current situation that has you know, th- that's a precipitous loss of people. For, for no, if you don't have to do it, I don't see why you would do it. So there's, there's clearly some kind of force behind it, but you never get anything close to a story about what's really going on. Well, you know, we just had a, a text here from our buddy Mike. By the way, wasn't he good on, on Friday with all this stuff about the uh, 
Army oh, that was Jew. great. Let's, yeah, I thought it was spectacular. Well, about, you know, uh, I, he's kind of my go-to person for the armaments and you know, all the technology and the terminology of, of which I am completely ignorant. So. But knowing him as long as we have, we got to be careful. We can't compliment too much. <laughs> it should, should never go to our heads. Tom. No, it should never go to our heads. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, he, he lobs one in here. He goes, perhaps they're laying off the people who won't come into the office. Maybe it's a place to start. I don't even know this guy. Fire him. I don't care if I fire him. I never met him. Fire him. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so the, uh, the, uh, he says, I just overheard you guys. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, the... Uh, Somebody's listening. <laughs> what, a, what a great guy. I, mean, I, I could tell some stories, but I won't. Um, when Mike and I traveled all over when we were in school, we always had a great time. We always did. It was a lot of fun. And uh, Anyway, good guy, and he's still helping us out. So, yeah. uh, But I, anyway, but I, all this stuff happened, and, and uh, one, of my, one of my buddies wants me to come to a, uh, a meet and greet for Paul Vallis for the mayoral thing. I said, you know, I'll show up. Maybe we can get him on the show. And I was, I'd love to have you on that day, John. I mean, what, what, what is? Are, are we going to get this act back together here? I mean, it's the. It seems like we need to get a, a way where we're moving forward as a country, where people, you know, aren't just sniping at people. Have to decide. I mean, I, I guess as much as, as as critical as I can be. My my criticism is always in one direction. I think if you read the more you read about world history, with a few other examples. You know, shining examples of, uh, 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 you know, maybe Greece, thousands of years ago, or something, or things like that. the The U.S. is something that is a beacon for the world, and people who are citizens here, I think, even though there's all kinds of other crap we could talk about that we need to straighten out. The fact is, you're you're part of that beacon. You're part of of, of a something that should be way more than a two hundred some year experiment. Something that the rest of the world really needs. If, if we go down by our own bitching at each other, wh- how many how many billions of people are we going to take with us that have now no hope anywhere? Yeah, we take a lot with us, Tom, and we're, and we're doing it. Um, we're, we're losing a lot of our luster for, for people who are here, but we're also losing it for people who look to this country um, as some kind of holdout. You know, if all else were to go, you know, off the radar, this would still be. A place you could you know try to emulate and would have some of the answers that have, have eluded other other countries, but I, I think they're starting to doubt that now. So yeah, I don't. But I mean, we, I don't. I mean, I don't want the whole idea of a, of a, a massive open border where everybody just piles across without any kind of controls. I, I, you know, when when the Irish people came here and stuff, you had you had control because you only had a certain amount of ships and you had a long way to get here. You couldn't swim, right? I don't think anybody can swim across the Atlantic. Maybe not even oh, a no. shark, but uh, <laughs> you know. So yeah, it's it's a different story. But the the idea that there's that there's no room here for people that are willing to do to work and do some stuff that's crazy. I mean, there's there's plenty of room in Chicago for God's sake. We were three, we were one of the top ten cities in the world when we turned 19, the 1900 calendar, right? And now we're what? We're not even in the top 100. I don't think, are we? No. Well, yeah, it really isn't even a question of. of room anymore, but I think it's a question of, of the fact that there, there's so much that needs to be done, and we're not, you know, screening people at all for the kind of, of people we need, and the jobs that need to be done, and we're just assuming that this will all play out the, the, 
people will be taken care of, that there's enough safety net for people without language skills or literacy or whatever, and somehow this will all just, you know, work its way through the system. And it's, it's beyond naive. It's, it's suicidal, I think. So it's, well, it's not happening now, and we can, we can see that you know, people are, be, are victimized at all levels of this kind of treatment at the border, whether it's people who, are, who are, have no control over their, their property, you know, if they live near the border, or people whose families have been destroyed by drugs that are permis- permitted to go through the border when there's hardly any attempt to stop this stuff. Um, it's, it's one thing to have a, a, a steady flow of people coming in, but if those people come in burdened by stuff that creates other burdens, <laughs> you know, people here, it's the last thing we need. Well, you know, I, uh, our friend and uh, dear friend, Angelica, who did the, uh, she helped us out with producing for a long time, with the greatest sports report ever. Bulls lose to Piston. Who cares? All they do is lose. The greatest line ever at Stockton Jacks. Um, uh, she managed to, uh, by hook or crook, and I don't know, I gave her a couple of names. I don't know if she used any of them. I never talked to her about it. Anyway, she got her mother out of Ukraine. Now, of course, there's going to be people who will stamp and, and pound the table saying, we don't want anybody here. We don't need any of these refugees, blah, blah, blah. The lady's been here. I've yet to meet her. Uh, I, w- I would love to. Uh, I'm sure he will at some point. Maybe you can come with, Jen, because uh, uh, if she's anything like Angelica, she's got to be a... She's been here, I'm going to say, four months. She's in class for English, and she has two jobs. Wow. So tell me she's a burden on society. Oh, far from it. I mean, yeah. But, but that's, that is, that's atypical, I think. And, and I, I would love to see you know, people with that kind of spirit and you know, drive and energy and and desire to be part of the system. Um, I, I we, we we have boundless appetite for people with that kind of skill level, but but there's so few I think that are are, are coming in, or, or we don't care if they whether they have these skills or this kind of appetite for advancing themselves, and we, then they have to you know survive as well as they can in cities that are are completely bankrupt now. Yeah, there's yeah. no support network at all for them, so. That, that, that isn't fair to them, and it certainly isn't fair to the people who are already here. Well, what kind of a screening did we, did we have when we got here? Well, yeah, the disease screening, you know, and if you, you know, any kind of disease, whatever, if you put in quarantine, if it was something you could, you know, get, get over, if it, if it wasn't something that simple, you were sent back at, at the ship owner's expense. Yeah. Um, because they shouldn't let you on the boat in the first place, probably. And you and you had some kind of, you know, system where you had a destination identified where you had a contact of somebody who was responsible for getting you situated in a job or in housing, and that had to be disclosed on, on the manifest. And there were checkups done on this. At, you know, but I mean, it was if, unbelievable if, today. If there was any real screening, would we be here? <laughs> who, who would let us Oh, well, you know, probably... <laughs> <laughs> you know, loosey goosey, but but every I've found every ancestor of mine on a manifest. Yeah, oh yeah. So it isn't like they were coming in under fake names or no, no. fake identities or, or not on anybody's list. But uh, but that was it was different then time because there was so much un, uncharted territory in this country that needed development and railroads to be built. We got uncharted territory in town. Right. <laughs> Speaking of which, what? I mean, I, I just, I don't know, why do I have such a soft spot in my heart for somebody who picks up his, his behind and his family and says goodbye to his parents and walks a thousand miles to get here? Why do I, why am I willing to give that person a break? I just, I have a feeling that they are built to sturdy stuff or they wouldn't be doing that. 
It's like, it's like our parents had said, we're leaving Ireland. By the way, we're going to sit in steward for six weeks, and every time this thing hits rough waves, we're going to puke down here. Yeah. I mean, i got to believe those people were built to sturdier stuff, and they were. Right, and they were saving mon- money to do this, Tom. And they had everybody in the village, in, in many cases, yeah. saving, putting money aside for the, the person who had a chance that they could get out of this place. And now you got the, the people who are making out on this are the traffickers who are paying, yeah. g- getting paid huge bucks by somebody to move huge numbers of people from countries that require air tickets. It isn't like these people can say for an air ticket in, in most of their home villages without huge help from, from financiers. And this, this has tipped the balance in such a way that we don't really have people who were driven themselves to save money and, and put it aside for the, the day they can make the trip here. Somebody's paying the bill for them and enslaving them in the process. Well, and why, I mean, to me, this, the problem and the solution here, I mean, if there is such a thing, it, why are people, I don't get it, I mean, this is, this is, this is not you, because I know you way too long. Uh, why do a lot of the conservative people actually put the blame on, quote, these people. When the, when, the, when, the, when the blame clearly is on the governments that we somehow have been supporting, why, I have no idea, uh, and, and the, the traffickers, those are the people that are the problem, not, not the person who just wants to come up here and give them a job. And I, I've not, I, I mean, I, maybe I, everybody knows I like to do a lot of construction work on the side just to keep my, my hand in, in stuff, just so I, something I always enjoy. It's not something that has to do with my business, but... I have never met one of these people who were lazy in my life. I've met a lot of other people that are lazy. Mm. <laughs> I got news for you. I mean, I I got to believe if you were to, if you put a drove down the street in one of these Hispanic neighborhoods with a, with a thing that says we'll pay you twenty five hours a day, we're going out to clean the forest preserve. You couldn't down a half a block before the thing's full. And I know a lot of neighborhoods in the city where that wouldn't happen, John. Just saying. Oh yeah. Well, no. I, but you know, th- I think the average person doesn't run up against any of these people at, at the upper echelons of this, you know, all these machinations. They see them on a day-to-day basis, you know, sending money back home that isn't being spent on businesses here. They're not getting education. They're not getting, you know, higher training, and they're they're not being assimilated in most cases, or, or in too many cases anyway. Well, where they they retain, they, they have no desire to be Americans, as far as I can see. They're perfectly happy being what they always were. I think they could do well, it here I mean, on, on, the, on somebody else's tab. And, you know, I'm sorry, that, just that look, doesn't fly with the average person anymore. Well, we're, we're, we're lucky. We're not first generation. We'd be sending our money back to our, our, our pals in Ireland, well, too. People, oh, yeah. people always did. Yeah. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not saying that, that they have to ban this, but, but the, the, it's, it's billions of dollars now, Tom, that, that this country does not get the benefit of this labor. Um, so they're working for somebody else. They're not working to, to become an American. They're they're working to you know make other nations wealthier. And th- this this isn't a formula for success. I mean, th- this is not doesn't make sense from an economic standpoint. Well, I mean, first of all, well, the uh, I mean, I, I don't, one of my good friends, uh, his his dad came up here and worked for quite a while, and he's he's having you know health problems. Well, even though the guy is covered by Medicare, he refuses. He wants to stay down there, so he goes to the hospital. They're paying cash. When they're sending money back, they don't want to send the money back. They'd rather the guy come up here and get. But I don't think you can castigate the dude for that, for paying his dad's health bill. Well, no, and it's pretty easy to do it. So it yeah. isn't like it well, requires a whole lot of effort. So anyway, they, I guess what I'm saying is, we, we need we need some kind of strong leadership someplace, city, state, uh, federal, where. The person who com- becomes mayor has to say, "These are the five things I'm going to accomplish. This is what's going to happen." My, I think 
I believe, Jan, and we're starting to hear a little of it on maybe hopefully they're listening to the show. I think that one of the key changes for the city is to is to totally expand the use of school buildings to where they mm. start being used as maybe the ones that there's nobody in, maybe uh, refugees and homeless uh, while you maybe build and maintain some uh, mental health facilities, which we, we, a lot of them we closed. Maybe uh, some adult education at night. It doesn't do any, any good to send kids home hoping their parents can help them with their homework when the parents don't have a clue what the kid's learning. Mm. Uh, adult education, I think, is something we really have to push for. And, and what, you don't know more the details of this. I mean, I obviously I know more about railroads than the average person, but I've noticed that Chicago, which was the real, the real you know, place of the world is not anymore. The, the, I mean, a lot of the rails are silent. You go by the big areas that were big freight yards, they're half as full as they used to be. So somebody, it's Burlington Northern or somebody, is trying to uh, expand the Inglewood yards. And they actually bought up a bunch of houses around there. I'm sure they paid decent price. I don't, not sure, sure, but pretty sure. All of a sudden the alderman said, it's not enough, which she's not getting enough, and it torpedoed the whole plan. Yep. What, 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 are we out of our mind? Are we out of our mind? We're talking, how many jobs is that going to create in an area where there's no, nobody even lives, for God's sake? I mean, why not expand it? Right? We've lost an incredible amount of our rail traffic to Joliet, so forth. And what are we, we're trying, we, Kevin talks all the time about all the distribution stuff is in Indiana. Are we, are we trying to kill ourselves? Are we trying to shoot ourselves in the foot? What are we doing? Well, we've given the upper hand to environmentalists and, and administrative rulings on you know impact statements you know about about the environment how how this will you know it, it, it imperil people who are already impoverished and we can't take advantage of them and so Englewood is already a benighted place and but but to me it, it, the whole thing is about reinventing neighborhoods that have you know fallen on hard times and that means making them into something that maybe they it wouldn't be their first choice, but it, it, it maybe they'd rather it be something other than a rail yard. But the truth is, they can't sustain. It seems like normal services like grocery stores and and, and whatever without people really taking a risk of, of losing their shirts. So to, to me, I, I just but you, you don't get any kind of executive power behind this. Um, Lightfoot has you know bungled. I think every possible you know plan like the angle would. You know, one or the you know the, the what's the one out in the tenth ward that was up on you know the recycling place the metal oh yeah yeah and, and this this to me I mean these, these should be no brainers for a city that is just crying for for jobs and, and you know tax revenue and everything else and they can't get any of this done and there isn't anybody with enough kind of power to make it happen so here, here's where we're really seeing what what a weak executive. Has made well, it does. Public. I mean, an alderman. I mean, it, it, and whatever it is, I'm thinking that there's not enough in it for them. Well, yeah, and that's who, who cares about them. Yeah, I mean, these, these are part-time jobs for these people. Why do they have any veto? John, do we, do we need a do we need a constitutional convention at all levels? I mean, I I don't see the city of Chicago needing 50 wards anymore. I don't see I mean, this whole thing could, could change. Should change. Yeah, the only thing I can see, though, I mean, in, you know, we've talked about this before, the, the, the hazards of opening all this stuff up. Well, but one true. of the, pr- the problems I see now, mm-hmm. although I, I do think it's an inefficient system at, at many levels, is we've already got insufficient you know, infrastructure for voting, for getting 
precinct workers and election judges, and if you reduce the number of wards and precincts, all you do is kind of make you know, it harder for people to vote in the traditional way, and we'll have mail by, you know, vote, vote, vote by mail up the wazoo for the rest of our lives, which will make the entire system completely subvertible. So well, the, the traffic here is horrendous now. So if you, if you decide that you're going to increase the manufacturing base, which I don't think most people seem to want to do, but uh, uh, I, I think that Chicago is, is a, is a, is a blue-collar, big-shoulder town. You need, we need to get a lot of this manufacturing back here. And the only way you're going to do it is you can't lose your access to rail. Because rail does not... I mean, you want stuff delivered and shipped by rail because it doesn't bother your expressways or anything like that. Right. And, and we have incredible capacity for that. If we lose it, we're out of our freaking mind, John. I mean, what, what is, plus, once you lose it, you don't get it back. I mean, it's like... I, I don't... I, are, we just, are we just electing people that... Uh, actually, I was... Uh, Real quick, we only got a couple minutes. Uh, matter of fact, we might have, we might have to talk about it on Thursday. But one of my uh, right wing ladies that I was had breakfast with yesterday was well, somehow she's going to vote for Willie Wilson because he's uh, he's what he says he's going to hunt the bad people down like rats or something like that. Wasn't that his comment over the weekend? And I said, don't you understand that that these people have figured out through focus groups or otherwise or just common sense that that you're Crime and punishment is going to be a big issue on this ticket. So the person who goes out further on the plank and says how nasty they're going to be to the people that are committing the crimes, even though they have no history of doing anything like that, uh, the further out you go on that plank, you're going to get a vote or two. Now, by saying that, he picked up a few voters. Okay, and that's what they're trying to do with one-liners. But everybody's going to say the same thing. I mean, he, he, because I mean, you're never going to get a white person to say the people you're tracking down are rats. Because of course, eighty percent of the people who commit murders in the city are black. So the the immediate in, uh, implication is going to be is you're, you're calling black people rats mm. instead of calling murderers rats, okay, yeah. or whatever. So, but I mean you can't go there. But now this guy can, and he did. Now everybody loves it the fact that he went there. Well, that doesn't and, mean. And also to his credit, Tom, and, and this is why I think he, he should be taken seriously. He's he's run businesses. <laughs> He's made a lot of money doing it. I can't think of a single other male candidate that has ever done that or, I, or could do it either. So I, you got to take that you, Billy Wilson. I can name, and I don't really know the man, so I'm not going to be critical, but I know three or four African-Americans that got on the dole and the uh, minority stuff that have a real lot of money. I wouldn't want them there. All he did was get on the dole. I don't think that's Wilson, though. From what I I know. I'm, I'm saying it is. I'm not yeah. saying it is at all. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, I mean, right. uh, oh yeah, and other and uh, just and just political hacks, you yeah. know, who have just you know never had a private sector job at all. I know, I know people that have uh, are into the, the state bond funding, and because they're minorities, they never had to take possession of the bond. They just sent them a check as if they did. I mean, come on, really? I mean, it's well, we we can see pretty much what we what we've got with Lori Lightfoot, who yeah. really has never she couldn't. Probably Wendy's restaurant, I don't think, without alienating everybody in the place. Well, you know, she was, by most people, the, my, my judge group, which you never show up on a Wednesday and you're invited, but they said when she was a, a prosecutor, she was very law and order and very good. She was not a dummy. But now that, that job... Something got to her. <laughs> I'm not so sure we wouldn't look so bad in that job. I'm not so sure I'd look so good. I mean, where, where, where would I even start? The first day, I was nipping at your heels. and I mean... Uh, Anyway, it's uh, John. We got a dash here, bud. 
Uh, we'll see you on uh, on Thursday. Maybe I'll see you before. Who knows? Although, uh, anyway, we'll, we'll talk. Take care of yourself. Take care. How much confidence do you have that your investments will make you wealthy? Do you truly know the odds? Welcome to Luckbox, the control freak's guide to life, money, and probability. Luckbox shows you how to factor in the likelihood of success before you commit to an investment or any other life decision. Your brain is smarter than your gut, and that's why you owe it to yourself to read Luckbox. We've made it easy because Luckbox is free for one year at luckboxmagazine.com jocks. Each new issue dives deep into the current investing climate, separates the signal from the noise with timely, actionable trading ideas and equips you with savvy investing tactics you don't already know all while exploring how to live your best life through music spirits food sports travel fitness and a whole lot more luckbox is the essential magazine for proactive investors who are hell-bent on controlling their financial futures it's for overachievers and alpha types who don't buy into wall street's investment gurus it's for mavericks who believe in life luxury and the pursuit of happiness it's for you smart investors don't bet on possibilities they play the probabilities luckbox is 7.99 on newsstands but you can subscribe for 10 free digital issues at luckboxmagazine.com jocks don't rely on luck get luckbox at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Hello, this is Tom Howe, the Chief. We've talked a lot on the show about risk and suitability, about how your portfolio should match your age, income, and risk appetite. It's been hard for investors to maintain that suitability in the last several years due to a Fed strategy that has driven interest rates to virtually zero. You may have even heard that the Fed was trying to drive conservative investors to a riskier portfolio on purpose, for whatever reason. I'm sure you're aware of investors that took some increased risk, such as longer-term fixed-income securities, and are now unhappy with their choice. PTI, we've always stressed total portfolio risk awareness and try to minimize chasing returns in a tough environment. Well, now it looks like maybe interest rates are moving more towards historical levels. Everyone needs to be aware of what that continued movement might do to your portfolio, both good and bad. We also have a stock market that seems to have stalled, at least for the short term. I think it's time for everyone to take a serious look at their goals, their risks, and their portfolios. Do they match? If not, we can help. We have a signature protected index program. We have ways to hedge against interest risk. We can make that portfolio right for you again. Go to PTISecurities.com or call us right now. The market can change very rapidly. That's PTISecurities.com. Hi, I'm Audrey Johnson, an owner of Home Source Realty and a frequent contributor to Stocks and Jocks. If you're nervous about the stock market and considering diversification, or are looking for a rate of return way better than your banks, consider adding rental properties to your portfolio. Whether it's a condo, single family, or multi-unit building, I can help you select a property that meets your financial needs. Call or text me at 708-349-3456. That's 708-349-3456. Or visit my website at myhomesourcerealty.com. That's myhomesourcerealty.com. Stocks, jocks, stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Right here, right now, right here, right now, right now. Hello, everyone. Back to Stocks and Jocks. I'm Tom Allen, John Flanagan. With us, we have Matt Byrne on the board. SP yeah. Futures up 7, NASDAQ Futures up 25. Actually, John just left. We have Nancy with us in a bit. Mm-hmm. Oh, squirrely here on a Monday morning. <laughs> That's it's, right. it's, it's a Monday morning thing. That's yeah, what happens. Every Monday, yeah. Every Monday. Now, Dow Futures up 90. We're trying to build on, on Friday's rally. So far, we are. Over in Europe, we got the DAX up 42.3%. FTSE up 40.5%. CAC around up 27.4%. So these guys have really jumped up in the last hour. They're almost flat. We did this an hour ago. Over in Asia, we got the Nikkei up 352, 1.3%. The other guys are closed for the Chinese New Year. Matt, did you find out? Is it the Year of the Rat? What is it? Year of the Rabbit, it is rabbit. this year. Yeah. The Wabbit? Wabbit? <laughs> That's crazy right. crazy yeah. Wabbit? Yeah. Uh, Friday, the Dow was up 330, S&P up 73, NASDAQ up 288. Uh, we've got bonds 
up four basis points now, 3.52. Bund up three, 2.19. Uh, Japan at on steady at 0.40. We've got oil up again today, 68 cents, 82.32. So crept over 80 by ways here. Rent up 87 cents, 88.50. Natural gas up 30 cents, but still 3.48. Arbob up a penny, 2.66. Arbob keeps creeping up. Uh, gold up 40 cents now. It was down earlier, 19.28. Silver down 17 cents, 23.76. Copper up a penny, 4.27. Uh, we have uh, Bitcoin up 368, 22,000, almost 20, 23,000, 22,878. And we have the U.S. dollar uh, up a little bit against the uh, the pound, 1.23 on the pound, down a little bit against the euro at 1.08. Hey, what do you got for us, Traffic Weather Sports? Hey, good morning. Currently 7.37 a.m. on January 23rd, 2023. That's 1.23, everybody. Uh, traffic starting to pick up on the inbound of the city. Fairly regular for this morning. Uh, weather in Chicago, currently cloudy skies. Right now 23 degrees, a high of 32 later today. As far as this week, a chance of snow on Wednesday and Thursday. Right now in Phoenix, clear skies, currently 39 degrees, high of 49 and a low of 29. Yesterday in the NHL, Blackhawks lose to L.A. Kings 2-1. Yesterday in the NFL, AFC playoffs saw Bengals beat Bills 27-10. In the NFC, 49ers won their game against Cowboys 19-12. That's all for now, Chief. Back to you. Vance, how are you? Good. How are you? I'm doing fine. What, uh, what's the good word? What's going on in the, in the, in the mortgage where you have the rates down a little bit so you guys are... are rates are down a little bit. Yeah, no mm-hmm. one's buying anything, but the rates are down. Uh, you guys are... Well, if, if Audrey manages to get this thing together with about 15 houses, she seems to be working at the same time. It'll be a, be a lot of work for everybody, eh? Well, there certainly is. If everybody would, you know, if you could just, everybody likes what they saw, it'd be great. Uh, well, yeah, but I mean, when, does, when does everybody like everything? Anybody like anything, for God's sake? I mean, it's, you know, yeah, really. It's, it's uh, so true. It's Monday. That's how we know it's Monday. Yep, it's a... Uh, you had a case of the Mondays. What's that one <laughs> that one little thing we have going in? Space, yeah. The in office space, yeah. It's a, uh, but uh, I didn't I didn't get a chance to see you this weekend. That's not good. I always like it when I do. So uh, me too. We had. I don't uh, know what happens. I don't know either. It just time seems to fly, and uh, of course I was kind of stuck with some of the football games, watching some of them. Did you? Uh, I know you like watching your Bears, but you don't get to watch them in the playoffs. I don't care. The playoff games are left. <laughs> what the Bears could do? Yeah, it's a. Uh, some of these teams, uh, you look and see how far away these guys are from. <laughs> from it's uh, say these teams look like they're a little farther down the road than the Bears, wouldn't you say? Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. In fact, this weekend someone said to me, "Now, how did the? I'm going to look up where the Bears are on the in their division." And I said, "Are you kidding me? They're getting the number one draft pick." And uh, the person said, "What does that mean?" I said, uh, they, "They came in last place." <laughs> yeah, they're, they're, yeah, they're now. One of the guys said that they're, uh, they're, you know, they're they're totally in the driver's seat. You know, <laughs> what, do you mean? Wait, what do you mean the driver's seat? They need about thirty guys. I mean, what kind of driver's seat is that? <laughs> but uh, boy, some of these other. Did you see the guy from? Uh, uh, they were t- they were talking about this dude from uh, uh, North Dakota 30? State, the guy who was okay. the uh, the guard on uh, Cincinnati. He's a rookie. He's a fourth round pick, and the dude played all seventeen games, and he's in the playoffs. I mean, it's uh, it's pretty amazing when you think about it. It is. Um, well, look at Purdy. I mean, yeah. he's played what six games. I mean, some organizations yeah. just seem to be able to, uh, you know, have uh, 
you know, they, people get in there and they have the right coaching and the people around them support them. I, I don't know what it is, but uh, mm. somehow or another they all manage to hang in there. And if you got other teams, these guys, you know, people come off a team and, uh, uh, you know, they don't uh, come off another team, get another team, and all of a sudden they get new life, they get different coaching, different people around them, and it all gels together. I mean, it's uh, right. Look, right. How many, look how many people in Kansas City. They got what, three, two or three rookies in the in the back defensive backfield. And how good they are! I know. It was. It, I thought Kansas City game probably was the best. The San Francisco game. I liked how the guy was telling him to like stop, just drop with the ball. Drop. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but the uh, uh, I don't know. This, what, did Philadelphia look like a juggernaut or what? I don't, it's the Philadelphia. The Eagles actually won. Bills. I was disappointed in the Bills. Um, boy, it's just a, it's a, it was a good. The one game I shut off, it was just ridiculous. So. Well, that would have to be the Philly Giant game, and they, the Giants were never. It happy. was. It was. You know, it's always good when the New York <laughs> people lose, I guess. But just one. So tell me what uh, the mortgage rates went up to. What they ballooned to? What seven and a half, five eighths? Now they're down just under seven, right? Or right about there. Actually, sitting there in the sixes. Okay. Wow. Well, I would say they're in the, you know, six and a half, six and three, somewhere in there. So they came back down. It's just, it's a function of the stock market, right? If the stock market does horrible, then the bond market does great. Well, so the stock market has had a slight rally here. Well, they've had, uh, that, that's the new proverb. The, the old proverb is when interest rates went, went down, the stock market went up. Interest rates went down, meaning the, the, the bonds would go up, and then the, then the, the, the stocks would go up. And then we went to the, different from that for a while, but in the, all the years you've been in the business, would you say, you know, six, six and a half is on a 40-year rate, that's probably somewhere in the middle, isn't it? Isn't that where rates kind of are? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, and the rates, I remember like in 2000, they got to seven, and everybody was running around like, wow, let's refinance. Because they were all in 11s and 12s. Yeah, yeah. Well, so, I remember. I mean, even though it's that. a sticker shock for a new generation, the older you know, and older generation realizes this is not sticker shock. <laughs> I mean, this is actually like the way it used to be. Well, I mean, if you, and they, it's yeah. funny because they they really do believe the rates are going to go back down to three percent, and I don't even know if that's sustainable for the economy long term. Well, it's not sustainable if you're going to pay anybody any money. For the money you're lending out, right? I mean, uh, right? So, I mean, <laughs> I mean, it's. Uh, it just doesn't make any sense if they don't see a bigger picture. To me, it doesn't make sense to me. They just don't see a little bit bigger picture. The three percent is great, and it was a gift from God. But the God, you know, the gift is over. Um, yeah, I would say so. And uh, but now, it's it's six or six and a half. The shack be. The, the shock between the, the instant run-up from three to seven and a half, it's not as bad for people now. I mean, if you if you if you actually had to move, if you move if you moved into your house two three years ago, and got the three or three and a half percent rate, I mean, it wouldn't be ideal for you to have to move, but it, you could move easier at six and a half than you could at seven and five eighths. I mean, it's a big difference, right? I mean, correct. Uh, absolutely. What uh, absolutely. what are you seeing then? And prices versus, uh, I mean, I get a, kind of an interesting view. I'd like to meet you, to meet my, my buddy Jim one of these nights, because, one of these days, because he does this mortgage servicing stuff for places in, in all 50 states. Mm. 
and it's it's really interesting what's going on in a lot of these other areas. I mean, because uh, you know, someplace the uh, the price is absolutely skyrocketed to anybody who got a mortgage at three. There's no way they could sell a thing to anybody else at that price at six and a half. In some areas, never never balloon that much. That it's somewhat okay. It's somewhat kind of normal. Where would you put us? I mean, I, the area that well, I mean, Audrey goes all over the place, and so do you. But but basically, you guys are. 20 miles around Orland and Tinley, right? I mean, not that you haven't gone further, you have, but... Uh, or even the city. I mean, just the, the Chicago suburban area. Yeah, and it's a... Uh, that area, even though prices went up, you never you never got the, you know, 200000 to a million like you did in some of these areas where everybody had to live and then certainly not California kind of stuff. I mean, it was never that crazy, was it? So the problems no. you're having are not... They're not as acute as some places, I don't think. No, our prices have stayed. Um, I mean, I don't think anything really uh, sold in it. I, I mean, we couldn't. We don't have that kind of swing. No. So, so I mean, I mean, I think. So would you say things are? I mean, they're not as healthy, crazy like they were. But it's still. Somebody wants to buy a house. They can still, if they can find one, you can still get in and kind of. There's stuff trading, right? And it's not as healthy yeah. as you'd like, but it's not horrible but, either. It's, not, it's just what you're saying. It's just it, it, the problem now is just the shortage of inventory. I mean, there just is nothing. There just is nothing out there that people really uh, are putting up for sale. Everyone's kind of set, and it also could be the time of year. Well, and, and we right? don't. I mean, we just came off Christmas, and yeah. usually you see more activity right now. But um, that doesn't mean you're not going to. It's just maybe people getting a slow start. Well, and we haven't had a, a weather event where, where nobody could go out of the house for three weeks this year yet, although every day we Correct. Mm. Now, what, we, one thing nice about, I mean, certainly the south suburbs, uh, there's things that aren't so nice, but we, we don't, I mean, sh- Chicago, even to this day, is somewhat diversified. I mean, if they, if they I don't think, I mean, I hope it's not going to happen here, but say out of the, what is it, 12,000 people Google's dumping or something, uh, Man, was it twelve the number or eleven? Something like that. Yeah. I mean, if if if, close. if and I don't think it's as many, but if a thousand of them are from the Google place here in Chicago, a lot of those people hopefully will be able to get jobs fairly quickly some other place here, uh, and they don't all live in the same neighborhood like maybe they would in California or some other place to where you know all of a sudden you know eight hundred houses go up for sale because nobody can get a job here. We don't have we don't normally have that phenomenon here. I mean, even if and I hope it's not a thousand people here at Google, but if it is, you're not going to see, you know, four hundred houses in your town going up for for sale, are you, Nance? I mean, it's not it's not a Chicago. No, we we don't have like a Silicon Valley. No, we don't have that kind of thing. But you know, we survive. And who's see the big thinking now is if they're going to, um, and this is the thinking of the generation that's out there working. Um, they're saying that you can um, just go with them or that they can work from home. Um, I actually have a customer who's saying that um, out of a 14-day work week, they have to be in the office for. So what their thought is just is to um, um, be and be it, mm. stay sometimes four days, and then they'll go back to their place somewhere else and without the other 12 days. Uh, boy, I don't know. I was listening to a, 
employment I mean, personnel. to me, it would get old, the, the plane rides, all of that would get yeah. really, really, really old, but that's how they feel. I guess they can make that situation work. It doesn't matter if you live in Silicon Valley. I wonder, and we had one of our guys text in this morning, I I wonder if uh, when Google picked the people that they laid off, if they picked people they've never seen. <laughs> you know, <laughs> It could be. And see, that's, that's the other part of the problem. I mean, I'm asking people, where are you, what, what, where do you live when I was talking to them on the phone? And 90% of the people are not living in Chicago. I mean, they're Dallas, they're India, they're, yeah. you know, it's, it's an amazing it's amazing how far away they can be. Well, I mean, if you're talking about the phone company and places like that, or uh, Commonwealth Edison, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying them specifically. But United Airlines, for a long time, you talked to everybody in India. You know, I mean, Correct. So, I mean, Correct. there's that phenomenon. But I actually was listening to somebody uh, today talking about a layoff. I was saying or yesterday, I was driving back from the South Side, and they were saying, if you if you're going, if you just got laid off and you're going into this thing, and your your main thing is I'm never showing up. I'm always working at home. The guy goes, "You better forget that. <laughs> that, that ship has sailed. I mean, where that's a where you're not going to work anywhere where you ever have to be there. Forget about getting a job. Um, well, you're not saying you can't get one, but it's way more difficult than it was a year ago. If you just say, I'm not, "You're never going to see me," that that's nowhere near the the mantra it was even a short time ago. Um, but people, honestly, and I'm, this is it's not me saying this. I have a certain clientele that tell me that, you know, uh, companies are just foolish if they think people are going to go back to work um, while they're going to work from home. That's, it's, it's turning. I mean, I'm not cheering it or anything. I'm just, I mean, Disney says be here four days a week. You're seeing that. You're starting to see more and more of that, that comeback. The places where it's, it's kind of bizarre, which I really don't like, is the places that are government, government employees. Hey, screw that. Go to work. You know, I mean, I mean, the Fed, they got this huge building here and it's, it's empty. Everybody's work, allegedly working from home. I don't know. I mean, maybe they are. That's just, that's just Yeah, I don't know how they're doing that, but it is going on. Because yes. I know I've talked to the, um, some people at the IRS. I need to get certain things sometimes for um, mortgages and for people. And all of them are working, they say, from home. They're in their basements working. Well, that's what I'm saying. The government will be the last, you know. But regular companies are saying, "Don't don't tell me I'm never going to see you." It's it's starting to turn. I mean, I I'm not sharing it. I'm just I, I thought. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I don't think they're thinking is correct, but that's what I'm listening to, and then that's how they want to buy their house. And I'm like, oh my god. Yeah. I just don't think that's going to be valid. No, I don't think it is either. But but I mean, it's it's not up to me. They don't want to listen to me or you. But it's so what the procedure right now. I mean, it's it's pretty much same same. You 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 go to a, a mortgage person or a bank. And you can you, you try and get pre-qualified if you can, because that way you can, when you bid on the house, uh, you're you're a real buyer, correct? How, when, mm-hmm. when somebody gets pre-qualified, how long does that last, Nance? I mean, I mean, if the, if the rates are jumping all over the place, does your pre-qualification at a certain rate? How long does that last? Um, okay, if you get pre-qualified, it, that is just the rate at the time. I will actually take that rate and add like two percent to it, because my thinking is it's. it's way too high of a rate. It's never going to get that high in the amount of time you are looking. And so I can make mine last like 90 days because I'm way over the market rate. My thinking is if I qualified you that high, you'll qualify for anything lower. Okay. That makes sense. All right. And and the ones that qualify for right on the money, 
that's a problem because you don't know where the rates going to be when they actually go out and buy. Well, somebody who bought six months ago and actually paid what was the tippy top seven and five eighths? Um, really, about it was like in the sevens, maybe seven and three eighths was about the top. All right, so somebody has a mortgage there, and now you say it's like six and a half. That's that's not enough room there to refinance yet, is there? I mean, they can they can refinance if they choose. I I wouldn't recommend it, but you you really have to look at the numbers. I guess the higher you know, if it was a two million dollar loan, maybe I don't know. But um, I, on a nor for a normal individual, the answer would be no. What is uh, what's it a- used to be? Rule of thumb was two percent. Um, in past years, they've said if it's one percent. Um, but I have to be really honest. I I just. I look at each individual case depending on what the mortgage amount is and how much they have to spend. And are they really going to stay there? Yeah, that's right. It's a, only staying there two years. What difference does it make? I mean, come on. Yeah, that's true. What, uh, what, is, it, what is a jumbo now? What do you have to... What, the, uh, Ginny or Fanny is up, to, is up to what? I mean, a jumbo used to be like 600000 It's It's way over that now, right? Oh, it's way over that now. I think conventional, conventional goes up to six or seven. So, uh, so, if you, so if you buy a place it's for somewhere, a, it's somewhere in that range because it just changed in January one. But I know I was holding one, so I would say um, about six eighty seven, something like that, and it goes by county as well. So if you're if you're getting a mortgage to six eighty seven, it's got to be a million dollar place or eight hundred fifty, right, or something. About nine, eight seventy five, right around there. So it's a it's a nice yeah, it's a yeah. nice share. No, no. But it, the interesting part of this is it goes up every year. I mean, it, like you're saying, at one time conforming only went up to uh, under 300 at one time. And they keep changing it. Jumbos were definitely anything at about 4 or 28 or something like that for 21. What, no, when somebody, but I mean, are, are people, uh, the younger people who think these rates are coming back down, are they getting a lot of adjustables? I haven't had anyone in the end who really wants an adjustable. Really? They, they, they say they want adjustables. They, when this conversation starts, they say they want an adjustable. And then when they ask you what the history is on the adjustable, you have to you know, be honest and say, really? If this were a LIBOR, I could answer that question because it always used to adjust down. And at this moment, I don't think anybody could answer that question because they've changed how there's no history on what they're doing. Well, okay, it's not adjustable by how. For, answer me this question: How the hell did we ever get adjustable to a, the London Interbank rate on a on a mortgage on the south side? How, did, how was that ever the number? Because the Europe doesn't have fixed rate loans, so okay. when the United States started with their form of the arm, and we weren't that competitive, they looked at the LIBOR and they based that, and it continually was adjusting down, so they brought it over here. And sooner or later, you realize LIBOR became very popular, but when you were getting a loan, a rate for an arm, you had to find out where you're getting it for the LIBOR or where you're getting it for the um, U.S. Treasury. All right, so right now... completely different animals right on now, the adjustable side of it. So right now, if I wanted an adjustable, what's my... What, what's the number? What, what, what are we... Trading off of because LIBOR is no is no more. Uh, the overnight lending rate. Oh, so we're 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 actually doing the uh, Fed funds rate. As far as I know, yeah, and that's my understanding of it. And it's so new, how would anyone know? I mean, prime rate. Someone 
was looking for a very unique thing, and I said, why don't you just buy it on a home equity line of credit? <clears throat> and I think you'd be happier because you're going to get this influx of, he's going to get all but about $30,000 to pay it off in about four months. And then I looked into it for him, and the, overnight, the prime rate is 7%. The prime is 7%, which is... Yeah, I was shocked because it's, it's higher than what we have um, for a mortgage rate. Well, prime prime is, is no longer prime. I mean, I don't, know, I don't know what the definition is anymore, but I mean, back, back in the day when, uh, uh, well, when I was at, I'm going back to my Pullman years, but... I mean, you, you ended up with, well, of course, the banking system was quite a bit different, but the prime was the rate that the that the best, the best, best firms got, right? And everybody else was, uh, uh, you know, you're an eighth over prime, quarter over prime. If you if you, if you were a really solid firm, you might have been half over prime, right, Nance? Because I mean, prime was, you know, GE, Johnson & Johnson. That's, that's where they got money for, like, their payroll and everything for the week, because everybody borrows money. I mean, not everybody, but a lot of people borrow money, even if you don't think they... they they do. They might. They might borrow. You know, payroll one week, knowing that they're going to get a bunch of money in from their customers on a Wednesday. I mean, they might borrow for three, four days. Well, Prime was was that number for those people. You can't. You can't tell me that Microsoft's paying seven percent to a bank. No way. Okay, so Prime today is seven and a half. And let's see what the yeah. So I mean, there's no way. Rate is. So I mean, I mean, the Fed fund rate is four and a half. Yeah. Today. So Prime Prime used to be. What the what the banks charge their their best best customers? Well, you can't tell me. Like I said, that that Microsoft or GE is paying seven and a half percent to the bank. There's no way for short term financing. Well, they could they could they could be prime. It, they still will be prime in their equation. It's, it's whether they're giving them two basis points under prime. Well, then it's not then it's not prime anymore. Yeah, it's, then it's <laughs> not. Well, that's what they they all base it off of prime. But yeah, but, but the Fed um, the Fed fund rates four and a half. So it's like a recession, Nance. If I ask, ask you if we're in a recession, you get to define a recession as yourself because we—that's what we do now. We're, we're moral relativists and we're, you know, we're economic relativists. We we don't like the definition, we change it. That's what we get to. <laughs> that's what we get to do. We had two two okay. quarters of a, you know, of, of negative uh, growth in the country, but no, that's not a recession anymore. Okay, now what it is? Whatever I feel like it is. That's just that's the new mantra. You know this. <laughs> yeah, see, so the new the new arms are based on the um, overnight. That's the overnight Fed funding rate. Yeah, that's so a Fed fund rate. So it's what it's now what four and a half. It's four and a half. So, but they're going to they have to make money on that. I mean, four and a half is the base. So I just don't see where there's a big enough spread between the two to. Oh, you might be you might be one over that, or one and a half over that, or something, right? Right. I mean, you never, you never got, you never, your rate was never LIBOR. It was LIBOR plus something, right? Plus something, yeah. Yeah. So well, and okay. There's no way to tell you what the, the secured overnight funding rate is going to be. So there's no history for it. So. Well, I mean, you I can go back, know, back, I mean, back how they're going to adjust. Who knows? What do you mean? Are you can go online right now and just say, "Give me the history of the Fed funds rate." You can go back thirty years. Right, but then they don't know how they're going to charge over it, right, and then right. how are they going to make their calculation for that? Right. So, hey, well, give us a shameless plug. Oh, it's Nancy Long Graham. I'm with United Mortgage Company, and my number is 708-341-9601, and we do loans in all 50 states. Uh, hey, this is a short time. We should do this every week. Well, we, should, well, I mean, you guys have been, uh, the Monday people have been uh, 
Christmas, New Year's, Martin Luther King. You guys were shut out like what four to five weeks. Yeah, <laughs> I know in a row. It's like say like we didn't like the Monday people, but that's not true. No, not at all. All right, th- <laughs> thanks, Nancy. Okay, S- we'll see you guys. Thank you. Bye. No SP futures up five. Nancy futures up fifteen. Uh, be back tomorrow. Stocks and Jacks. Nice job, Matt. Stocks no and Jocks is brought to you by PTI Securities and Futures. Go to PTISecurities.com. PTI Pro Direct. Trade for as low as a penny per share and a dollar per option contract. Learn more at PTIProDirect.com. Nadex. Offering an intuitive way to trade the financial markets. Visit Nadex.com. Home Source Realty. Call Audrey Johnson at 708 349 3456. Hamzi Analytics. Listen to Fari Hamzi every other Thursday and visit HamziAnalytics.com. Cairo Med. Back or neck pain? Schedule a complimentary consultation by calling 708-403-2727. DAX Research. Tune in for David Andelman's technical analysis on Mondays and Thursdays and call 1-800-821-4968. When you come in on Monday and you're not feeling real well, does anyone ever say to you, sounds like someone has a case of the Mondays? No. No, man. No, man. I believe you get your ass kicked saying something like that, man.